7 of The Grove. I'm your host, Matt Lamb. Joshua Gladstone could not be here today, unfortunately. But instead, we have a very special guest, Mr. Patrick Hasty. Whoa, hey, how are you? Hell yes, Mr. Patrick Hasty has his own podcast. I if do. you'd like to drop that in there. Uh, I have a podcast called The Nostalgic Front Podcast. Uh, you can get it on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we talk about the best parts of growing up in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Uh, every Monday, we have a guest. It's always fun. We've had Mike Kaplan, Shane Torres, Kay Willette. And then every Thursday, we do a fun size where we do a deep dive into something like where me and my buddy Brandon Ream just talk about like Super Nintendo or Batman or McDonald's or Summer Snacks. Hell and, yes. Yeah, so. You know, I'm a fucking great. fan of Super Nintendo. <laughs> I love it. I saw that fucker. You get to know what we got. One of our listeners sent us a thing. It looks like a PSP, but inside of it, it has every Super Nintendo, Sega, oh, Game shit. Boy Advance, and Nintendo game. It's a retro pie, but handheld. And it changed my life. That's yeah, that's fucking incredible. Yeah, because like think of all the games. I'm sure you grew up on a system, but think yeah, of all the games. That was yeah, my OG. Like, all the games for the Sega that you never played because you had a Super Nintendo. Yep. Now I'm playing them on every time <sighs> I fly, every time I'm on the train, every you know, um, it's it's revolutionized my life. And just some listeners sent it to us. So please, listeners, uh, start listening to my podcast and then mail us stuff. You know? <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for having me though. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Yeah, we're always down to have people because yeah. we, you know. Fucking Des Moines, we run out of people to talk oh, to. Oh, 100%. And, I had yeah. a podcast here in 2011 called the Tolstoy Made Shoes Podcast because I was not good at naming stuff. <laughs> uh, and that's what we did is we had, I, I think we did 60 episodes, and I think we had Alex Carter on twice because like we ran out of people. Yep. You know? We had people on who it's like somebody shows up to the open mic and you're like, well, I guess they're a comedian now. And then they come on and they're like, I don't know, I'm racist and I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> oh, and you're like, real buddy, uh, where's your plugs? Where you at on Twitter? You know? Uh so I yeah. get it. So thanks for having me. I'm super stoked. That I love. I live in New York now, and I love travel. Coming back here, but what I love is going out on the road and doing, getting to meet people like this. We get to talk for what? Uh, probably an hour, two yeah, hours. About an hour. Just and we until we finish up here. We don't know each other before, and when we're done, we'll know each other. Absolutely. That's great, man. Hell yeah. Um. Cool. Well, yeah. No. So. Uh, but yeah. No. I literally I bought that uh, the, the, the Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo Mini, Mini for one reason is I wanted to play Nintendo games with the controller totally. like I remembered totally because like that was a, like literally. There are pictures of me when I was like four years old playing Super Mario World. Yeah. And like to this day, that's still my favorite game just because it was it the is. first game I ever beat. Yeah. So like that just that like in my head playing through it, I'm like, I like I can play that fucking game in my sleep. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. every little beat and piece. Have like, you seen, all the, do you fuck with any of the like uh, um, time, what is it, the time trial videos and all that kind of stuff? Oh, on I YouTube? can't do that shit. I can't play it, but I there's a, such a weird uh nostalgia almost like asmr of watching people do oh that. yeah that's really and, cool and there's this guy who beat super mario world beginning to end in like five 12 minutes, minutes right with well there's that but this guy did it i think in 12 minutes but he did it blindfolded whoa he, it's all off sound because he knows exactly and of course he's been doing this yeah, probably so practice a million memory. times but it was wild to see like he could hear from the theme song and like maybe get the right coin and then he knows to jump to and some of those levels are nuts and it's fun to see other games too like i'll watch people play like I'll watch people beat games that I never beat, like Metroid. The first oh, Metroid, yeah. I never beat it. And you watch somebody beat it in 10 minutes, and I'm like, I feel like I beat the game. You yep. know? Like, it, it gives I, me that same thing. And then you try to do it yourself, and you're and like, I'm oh, yeah, I die shit. immediately. I'm like, wait, how did he do that? You know? Oh, yeah. There's a, one of my favorite games is Dark Souls. And oh, like, yeah. I'm, I consider myself to be, like, pretty good, like, just because yeah. it's one of those games that I forced myself to become, like, really, really good at. Like, I was around with, like, because I bought it day of, the, like, the first sure, day released. Sure, sure. So like I played for literally as long as possible, and then like I got I was like one of the first people to get into like doing the like player versus player shit. Nice. So like back when like there wasn't like an established way to do it, but there was like 
you had to go to like online forums and be like, all right, like this is a specific area where like this level of people are fighting with these specific parameters. Yeah, yeah. So like I got into all that shit. So I like I fucking ground my teeth on like yeah. one of the hardest fucking games, and that's one of those games where I can literally like uh, I went to a convention one time and like, yeah, it was yeah. in the game room, and like people are playing and they would like be dying on like the intro boss sure and it was it was like literally like kind of a line of like you go until you die and yeah. like, everybody was dying on like the first like intro boss <laughs> i get like halfway through the game and like not because i'm just baked as fuck yeah like, yeah yeah not yeah. paying any attention and like a crowd is like watching totally, me play and i'm fun. like this is so weird because i'm just like having fun and people are like you're like really good and i'm like no i'm actually really yeah not. yeah <laughs> i love that i love that so you say super mario world is your favorite super nintendo game all time yeah. my my favorite super nintendo game is teenage Mutant Ninja turtles in time oh, fuck yeah the arcade game yes. that and the arcade game the the technical one is yeah. great but the turtles in time four that is i that's one of those games that i can play it at any time um, I absolutely love it. It gives me such a feeling of nostalgia. Um, and then I just recently, so I didn't game from, uh, is that the term game? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't game from, uh, the first Xbox. So like probably like Oh four Oh five until, uh, the Xbox one. Cause I got an, a free Xbox one. Right. And so I got it for Xbox one. So that was like 10, maybe even 12, 13 years. Yeah, that's a solid. Yeah. Chunk. And so I missed tons of games that I never played and I never really played a, I had a PlayStation 1 but I never really played it that much yeah. so there's so many games I missed and now that's on the Xbox store I can go buy all this shit and so like I love the Ratchet and Clanks I love oh, Banjo-Kazooie yes. Yes. and then literally I have fallen in love with and I am I've, I don't have any tattoos and I'm gonna get a tattoo in the next year I love Spyro Yes. So much. Did you buy the uh, the region? Yeah, yes. it is so good. It's I've so played fun. through it over and over, and it like I love it. And then I bought because all my friends who had grew up on PlayStation were like, "If you like Crash Bandicoot, I get the Crash Bandicoot remake." Hate it. It's so absolutely hard. hate it. It is, and it's the opposite of what I love. What I love yeah. about Spyro is the openness of it. Yeah, and and in Crash Bandicoot, it's like if you can't jump on this box and get onto that ledge, you're done. Yeah, it's, and it broke my oh. heart. Yeah, uh, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Yeah, I was never a fan of yeah. Crash Bandicoot for that reason. Yeah. I was like, I, like, there are games that I want to be challenging, like with totally. Dark Souls. Like, I, I went into that knowing, like, the game was yes. advertised as being difficult. Like that, the motto was, uh, "You will die." Yeah, or, prepare to die. Like, literally, that was yeah, what. Yeah, was yeah, like. yeah. So I'm like, all right, I know that. But then games like Spyro, I'm like, I can just do like I can barely be paying attention to what I'm doing, mm -hmm. and then I can just you know go do stuff. Like, yeah, and it's fun. And I uh, there's a one in Spyro two. I beat all three games now. Oh, and in yeah. Spyro two, there's this one one of the worlds that I cannot beat for the life of me. And I think about it a lot. And I, I go online and I read. And I've never been that way. But I try. And everybody's like, it's the hardest. It's it's almost impossible. And and it's so fun to have that thing. And so I really want to get a Spyro uh, tattoo at some point. And another thing that's funny, I was talking about that handheld gaming system that fan sent us. Uh, in that, there's a Game Boy Advanced Crash Bandicoot game that is awesome. Oh hell yeah! Because it it's more uh to like side scroller. Yes. It doesn't really do a lot of the weird shit, and I love it. So it's like I guess if they just did a good Crash Bandicoot side scroller, I'd love it. Yeah. It's I just love that, side yeah. scrollers. Like, yeah, me too. Um, and I'm also I'm not smart. Like I can't. I never could do like Warcraft or any of that kind of stuff. Oh shit, um, no. You know, and and I barely like. I got to about where I could do good in Halo 2 a little bit. And then after that, it's, like, hard. Um, so so it's fun to have access to all these games. And I don't I don't have the Super Nintendo Mini, but I have a regular Nintendo Mini. And uh, I've been playing Castlevania. And, like, oh, yeah. beating Castlevania at 34 was so... I wish I could go back in time and tell, like, 10-year-old me, like, buddy, we did it, finally. After you played those first two stages a million times, you finally beat it, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, so that's rad. I love that. No, there was a um, fucking... 
there were like it wasn't quite the same, but I like there was this one game back in uh, like it was a Super Mario Superstar Saga or some oh, shit. Oh, I've never heard of this. It was a Game Boy Advance game that was like a RPG, and I okay. love yeah, RPGs are like my. Is it, my it, what it? Is it called Super Mario RPG? Maybe no, there is no, Super that's Mario a different RPG. Thing. Okay, yeah, but yeah. Uh, this is Super Mario Superstar Saga. Cool, it's, cool. Uh, like and it was. Did you ever play like Paper Mario? Yes. It was similar to that. Okay. In the sense of like you know it was you know go to different areas, yeah. do different things, have different puzzles, but like you were with Luigi as like a pair, and sure. like, he had to like switch off to do different things, and I got to the final boss. When I was like 13 years old, yeah. and just couldn't fucking beat it, and then I got I like picked it up when I was like 18, beat it first try after not playing for five years. Yeah, oh that's awesome. And I was just like, what was fucking wrong with yes. me? Yes, yeah, it's and there's certain things like um. So Turok, did you ever play Turok on no, 64? No, I've always heard it was fucking great. Well, it was, but it was hard on Nintendo 64. It was hard, and I was a Nintendo 64 kid, and it was hard. Um, and now then they redid it for Xbox and it's just a little thing where, and I don't know like computer terms or anything, but it feels like the processors are a little better and the Xbox controllers a little better. So there's things where you like, you have to climb up on a thing and you have to run across like and jump and there's like a gauntlet of stuff hitting you. Right. And with a Nintendo 64 controller on a Nintendo 64 processor, that was almost impossible. Oh, right. But on Xbox, my, I could just figure it out in the first try. And I think that was more of a, the game and the, um, uh, equipment, Got yeah. up to speed well, to where I could that do it. One toggle too. Yeah, is like less. Whereas, like with Star Fox, uh, with that controller, I could. Cr- I loved it in the battle modes of Star Fox. I oh, could. Yeah. I it's my. Well, that's one of my top five favorite games of all time too. Oh, Star yeah. Fox sixty four, and I bet. Shit. I bet on an Xbox. It, I would. I'd be not as good at it. You know. Oh, yeah. I need that original controller. I'm so bad at flight games. Yeah, like, yeah I've just yeah. accepted it. I'm just totally. like this is like it's it's like that. I can't do flight games. Yeah. Can't do racing games. Yeah, I'm not good. There's a, there is a, a Super Nintendo racing game that was like is called like uh, Top Gear four I think or Top Gear three, and I was good at it. And it's the only one. But like. Things like Mario Kart has never been a part of my life. Oh, so yeah. like when you're at a party and a bunch of comics or whatever, a bunch of people just start playing Mario Kart. I'm never. I'm always like, it's like I don't know that. That's not part of my uh, uh, mindset. It's not part of my bag of video game tricks. That's the and one so it's weird. racing game I can play. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm not like I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, I'm a fucking. But like, yeah. I'm definitely like I'm not gonna always get number one, but like sub five is pretty rare for totally, me. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, like. Yeah, no, I love it. Same with Smash. Like I'm not gonna yeah. be like I'm not gonna be the one that wins all the time. Yeah. But like I'm not gonna be the first out. Smash is another one that I just wish I don't. Well, our friends moved to LA uh, a couple months ago and they got rid of a bunch of stuff, and they got rid of a uh, GameCube. And so now my co-host Brandon Ream, who's from Des Moines as well, he uh, he has a GameCube now. Oh, and fuck so yes. or, and so after our recordings, our podcast sometimes we'll play like uh, uh, not Smash Brothers, and I fucking I'm always like I usually just like die and then after a while i just unplug and i'm like "Ah, you guys can have fun with this because it's like i just never got it and so but like if we were to play super mario world and take turns i'd have a blast you know but it's it's not the same uh what it's not the same uh experience multiplayer you know you know. Do you ever fuck with Monkey Ball on GameCube? Nope. Don't know. Oh no. man, Monkey Ball was fun as hell. Yeah, I other than playing it now with him, I never had any experience with GameCube except for I dated a girl in college that had one, uh, and the yeah. only game we ever played was Crazy Taxi, and then there was a Simpsons game that was similar to Crazy Taxi. Oh, the Hit and Run. Maybe, yeah. And I loved those, but that's like my whole experience with GameCube yeah. was just playing those two games. I never had, I never had, other than a Super Nintendo, never yeah. had any Nintendo system. But really? my, one of my buddies who lived across the street got an N64. Yeah. And then I had another friend who like didn't live across the street, but yeah. we were still good buddies, had the GameCube. Sure. So I never really got to like 
sit down and like acclimate myself to either of them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we played like anytime I'd go to my buddy's house at the GameCube, we'd play fucking Monkey Ball. Yeah. Or Sonic Unleashed, and that That's was great. the two fucking games. There's a song I I always love, uh, singer songwriter Kimya Dawson. Do you know her? Oh all? yeah, yeah, she's yeah, great. Yeah. And she has a song where in the song she name checks Monkey Ball, and she's like, "Let's play Monkey Ball too." And in my head, I was like, "I want to play that game just because Kimya Dawson says it." In this, yes. You know. Uh, but I still haven't. I actually learned yeah. uh, how to cover one of their fucking like oh, Moldy yeah. Peaches songs. Moldy Peaches song, yeah. yeah oh, she's great. I mean, it, they're like it was a uh, what is it? Can, uh, anyone else but you? Oh yeah, that was yeah, yeah that's the such banger. An easy yeah. song too. Like they, um, she has a line in one of her songs that I always because I'm on the road right now. I'm in the middle of not a long one. We only did like a week, but I'm in the middle of a, a run. And there's a line in one in her song My Roller Coaster that's like. Uh, uh, pretty. If we keep up this pace, pretty soon we'll know the name of every kid and every grown-up booking house shows in our town. And I, <laughs> that's my life. I go to a new. I go to a random. I go to Milwaukee, and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, who's the punk kids? Who's the comics that are putting on good stuff? What's the name of the club that's not going to reply to my email? You know, it's right. like that's kind of what the life I I've cultivated for myself is. And I like when I hear, you know, like a somebody like Kimia who I look up to so much as an artist. Is just doing the same shit, you know. That it's is really process. the cool, like not that like I mean I've been, I've only been doing comedy for like two and a half years. So I mean mm -hmm. like I'm but like I'm in like it's kind of one of those weird situations where like I got in right when every, like it was starting to boom again. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean it, it, it like I never really wanted to like to be honest like comedy wasn't exactly like my first option because again sure. I grew up in Iowa so I never yeah. really even considered. Like, no, you don't know it's a thing. Yeah, and yeah. like I mean I grew up in Burlington, fucking Iowa. Yeah. Where I was like, where's Burlington? What part of the state is it's that? It's like southeast. It's like okay. literally touching the Mississippi River. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah like so down by like, the Quad Cities, kind of. Uh, more little... it's like forty-five minutes north of okay. Missouri. Cool, cool. So it's like okay. real. It's like gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I'm the opposite of this. I grew up southwest, so I'm like oh, all yeah. the way on the other side of the state. But totally. yeah, same thing. Yeah. So I like I mean I wanted to be like a writer. Like yeah. So I, like ever since I could hold a pencil or whatever, like I was writing stories, poems, like anything. Yeah. Like, so writing. So I've always been like a writer. And you know, like there's a the thing about growing up in Iowa is you know what you can do. Yes. You know what others have done. And you know and you so, have to work that much harder. Well, and you know that like uh, what's his name Bryson, uh, Bill Bryson. He's a writer who's from Iowa. He's very successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like uh, it just like with acting, you knew Ashton Kutcher was from Iowa, so you knew you could become an actor. Yes. But there was nobody, no stand-ups from Iowa. And there wasn't even really like uh, until you start getting deep into it and you realize yep. there are everywhere, but you don't, there's no like Chris Rock's not from Iowa or anything like that. Um, and I grew up right outside of Omaha. And at the time when I was growing up and I was in bands in high school, there was 311 had already blown up. Oh shit. But then yeah. when I was a kid, when I was in bands, there was also Bright Eyes and the Faint and Cursive was all blowing up. Oh shit. So, I just saw Cursive. Oh, they're so great. They're, I love Tim Casher so much. The Good Life, his other side, his other band is one of my all time favorites. Oh, hell yeah. anyway, um, sorry, no, but. <laughs> So for me as a kid, uh, not, not that I don't think I had an inkling for comedy or whatnot, but I was like, well, I know that I could be in a band. You know what I mean? Yes. Because I knew these guys are doing it. From, that's why I did music. And then I did bands and I toured around it like bullshit stuff in high school in my early college years. Um, but it wasn't until I like I didn't know that stand up was a thing that could happen here, yep. you know? And then I, I literally I went to college. My wife and I got married. We moved to Des Moines. And I was walking around I, down somewhere downtown and I saw a, a flyer for an open mic at the old Kirksville or Kirkwood Hotel or whatever it was. Right. And then it, I just kept snowballing from there and never stopped. But That's, yeah. Yeah. It's funny when you're like, oh, there are, oh, comedy does happen here. Like the first comedian I ever saw is this guy, Mike Kitzman. Do you know Mike? Yeah, he's, he's like really around. Familiar. Yeah, he's Kitzman's around and great. does comedy stuff. But like the first time I saw him, he was the most famous, com he was the most... The funniest person I've ever seen do stand up live, and he'd probably been doing it like two months, you know. And then I fell into the House of Bricks and saw that there was like people like Toll and Alex yeah. and all these people, and like Dan Umpton and stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, there's a whole scene 
uh, and then you're like, oh, it's possible. It's just like when I saw those bands, I was like, oh, we can do this, you know? Yeah, it's it's really interesting because uh, so I was kind of the same situation. Like I always knew like like I always like to write, but then I always like to perform. Like I, like yeah, the, uh, there was a talent show in second grade, and I didn't cool, give a shit. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna go, I, I'm gonna go sing and dance. Fuck yeah! For, and then like I did a musical, and then yeah. I did theater. what musical did you do? You know, uh, in sixth grade I did um, it was called the. Nuncrackers. It okay. was like, yeah, it was some like, like some bullshit local thing. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. It'd be rad if you were like, I was in Into the Heights. I was yeah. in an early production. You know? <laughs> no, it was just, it was just some like. That's uh, cool. Yeah. So I played like some kid, in the, and then like I did theater in high school yeah. and band, and like I taught myself how to play guitar. Literally, because I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do performing. Like yeah, I always yeah. knew that. And then I graduated college, and I was like, my, uh, my buddy really wanted to write for SNL, so he'd sure, be doing sure. uh, stand up in Iowa City, and I was like, Who's that? Uh, do you know Jeff? Uh, uh, Jeff. Layman, Jeff Layman. Yeah. I know. I think I know the name. I think we're Facebook yeah. friends, but yeah, I, but yeah, he, that's like, cool. That was what he and so he was. I was talking to him about that. He's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And I was like, oh, so you do like stand up? So I started talking to him about stand up, and then like, so I graduate, and then I'm like, all right, I guess you know, I I got to start looking for open mics, and yeah. I've been writing like you know, little because I've like I said, I've always been writing, so mm-hmm. like that's my strong suit. It's like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really have a great stage performance, sure, but I love sure. wordplay. So I just start, I went in like I found like an open mic after a year of like writing stuff. Yeah. And then like I did like good enough sure. for me to be like I like this. We're all delusional though. Yeah. Like it, you you can do good enough to move you on, but if you were to look back at it you'd be like, "Ugh." Oh yeah, no, like yeah, looking yeah, back yeah. I'm like, "Oh god." Well, cuz I know that uh, I, that was when I was still speaking way too fast yeah. and very frenetic I still, with my arms. I still do that. That's me, buddy. I like yeah. to talk fast. Uh, so, yeah. That's fun. I I like how everybody has that same experience of like starting. It's always the same idea. Um yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I get so wrapped up in comedy and stand-up and stuff like that and wh- the, how people do it because, I mean, I've gone to the smallest scenes. Like, I was just in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and it's oh, a small yeah. scene, but all those comics are funny and they have the same path as we do, you know? Like, it's crazy. It's, yeah, and you, it's hard to find, like, somebody who's just, like, doing it, like, because it's fun. Because after, like, once you hit the point where it stops, I mean, it's yeah. always fun, but, like, once you hit the spot where it's, like, not just fun yeah when you're like oh god okay like i have to actually like work yeah and, like do all this other stuff it, well it sucks when like moving to new york was i moved to new york after two years and like the there's a thing that you there i, I don't know who made there's some like weird quote out there about like at some point your mom uh put picked you up held you and then put you down for the last time yep. and like you'd never know it nobody knows that's happening and in stand-up it's the same way it's like all of a sudden it's if you if you chase it a certain way at some point it starts becoming a career and it starts becoming uh, a different kind of thing. And then like when you're like here in Des Moines, you go to your open mics with your friends and you hang out and you, you hang, and then you move to New York and you're with your friends and you're out at these open mics. And then one person kind of blows up and gets some success and they start going on the road and then another person does. And then eventually I'm on, I'm, I'm like in Minneapolis with some comics who I'm really good friends with. But during the day I'm, I'm alone. I'm at a Starbucks or I'm at a target by myself yep. and it's very lonely but when I five years ago, when I was at these open mics with all my friends, we were so like, God, I wish I was just doing a club, you know, on the road making money, you know. Um, and so it's kind of weird how the how it goes like that. And that's what I love about the way I do it is I come to these cities and, you know, but Des Moines is an outlier because I have roots here. But come to a city, you meet a comic like you and we do a podcast and we hang out, we go get lunch, you know, and then yeah. then you have a friend in that city. And then next time you come through, you know, people, you know, um, and kind of it kind of uh, masks that loneliness that you have, you know? Oh, yeah. No, and that's... It's also, like... I feel like just being a comic is lonely in the sense of, like, even though, like, you're surrounded by these people, like, everybody's kind of, like... Like, I feel like just creative-type people are all, like, just in general. Like, I mean, obviously, like, we love 
being around people yeah. like, that feeds us. But like when we're alone at all, even like uh, like when we know that our friends are here, like just creative type people. When if you're alone with your thoughts, you're like, fuck, like am mm-hmm. I fucking up? Totally. Like, what am I like? What do I, I just do tweeted right before I came over here something about like uh, I'm sitting alone at a Starbucks. And I can only blame myself for this, you know, yeah. like it's my fault, you know, and yeah. not even that that's the end of the world, but it's like, that's what I'm doing this afternoon. My wife, I have a wife who I love. She's my best friend. I have a dog who is literally the best dog in the world. My cat, they're all in New York right now. And I'm in Des Moines, a city we used to live in. And then we moved from, and I'm back here now because I love doing stand up, and because I want to perform in this town and I want to see my friends in this town. But during the day, you're like, what are we doing? What is this life we've picked, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, like there's a mic that I'm going to hit up tonight. And that's, like, literally all I've been thinking about. Like, yeah. This, I've been thinking about this podcast. And I'm yeah. like, all right, what am I going to say at the mic tonight? Totally. And, like, totally. I'm at work. Should be paying attention. Yeah. And I'm just like. That's how it is. Yeah. Uh, that's that's insane. Um, God dang. Uh, wait. It's so, okay. So what do we talk about on this thing? Okay. So. Is this WTF with Mark Maron? Yeah, do we lock the gates? Yeah. No, we got I just want, you know brief interview before I love I it no I love it I just bring up the uh, I feel like if I talk keep talking about stand up we're just gonna talk about <laughs> oh, no, stand up for two hours that's usually how it goes it's, it, what'll happen on. is I'll start interviewing you about stand up and then that's <laughs> what the show is and it's like oh we can't do that but yeah so uh, I usually bring people on and like you know we shoot the shit for a little bit and then yeah. I ask them you know like I always I always kind of like pre-vet people to make sure that they actually like give a shit about ghosts oh yeah baby but yeah like ghosts aliens anything like yeah, that so I was yeah. asking you know, like do you have a go- like a ghost story or or m- like multiple yeah that, or like you know something that like think you know you want to talk about okay yeah um okay so first off this is the way i've always described it uh i don't believe in ghosts logically right but i have seen ghosts uh twice for sure and maybe three times okay right um so it's like whatever i don't know what that means but that's there you know and i don't believe in god i always decided that i would believe in ghosts over god but whatever yeah um so do you want me to tell you my my ghost story my best ghost story is that what you want absolutely Okay. okay so uh, this took place in, I don't know the exact year. It was probably like 2004 or five, maybe, or maybe six or no five, six or seven. Sorry. That's when it was. And what happened was, uh, I was in college. I went to Iowa state university Same. and, uh, Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, goes Eichelons. And, uh, my best, my, my roommates, one of my best friends and our other roommate who was also a great friend, uh, we, Iowa State was playing, the Cyclones were playing the Hawkeyes in Iowa City that year. Oh, shit. And I have, because I grew up in Iowa, so I have tons of friends in Iowa City and stuff, you know, that whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what we did was we drove from Ames and we drove to Iowa City. Uh, to, we didn't watch the go to the game, but we, like, you know, partied and watched the game on TV. And it was one of those years, of course, in the mid-2000s where Iowa beat us really bad. Uh, the Hawkeyes killed the Cyclones. And oh, yeah. all the Hawkeyes friends were, like, drunk and partying. And we were just kind of like, ah, fuck, we don't want to... St- we were going to stay the night and party all night, but now well, maybe we'll just head back. So it's like, you know, and we still... The game was over whatever in the afternoon. We still drank and partied all night. But then probably around, like, 11.30 midnight, we head back from, from Iowa City to go back to Ames. And so it's me, I'm driving, I'm sober, I'm fine, really? I'm driving, my friend uh, Shank is in the passenger seat, and our buddy Cassidy is in the back seat. And we're driving across 80, uh, across the, you know, Iowa, and we stop off in Des Moines, we stop off at that, with the casino, uh, Prairie Meadows, yeah, is that yeah, what it's yeah. called? We, is that what it's called, Prairie Meadows? Yep. Yeah. And so we go to that casino, and we just like, bur- all lose 20 bucks. No big deal, that's barely even part of the story. Yeah. But what it does is it sobers up them two a little bit. Uh, and then we get back in the car, and by this time it's like, probably about two in the morning and we're driving up highway 30 from uh des moines area to ames and we're driving up and it's late it's clear night it's clear and as we're driving uh we're talking or whatever you know and then we kind of you know it trails off because it's late and we've been up, up all day but then also it's just like a quiet moment and we're driving and about 
two car lengths ahead of me, I see perfectly, plain as day, what looks like a little boy, a bounce, a red ball bouncing into the highway and the, on Highway 30, and then a little boy running out to after it, turning and looking at the car and disappearing. Whoa. And and it didn't look like it. I didn't slam on my brakes. It didn't look like a real little boy. It just looked like a ghost little boy chasing a ball. It looked very real though, and like in, and it was very weird. And so I saw this, but it was so weird that I didn't even say anything, right? And it, and it's all very quick. I see this happen, and I'm like, oh, little boy ball disappear. And then my friend Shank in the passenger seat goes, did you guys just see that? And my friend in the back seat goes, a little boy chasing a ball? And we all fucking lost our minds. And, like, I have goosebumps right now talking about it. Oh, shit. Um, it was terrifying. It was exciting but terrifying. And then we just drove up, and I think there's a town, I don't remember, but I think the, it's the Cambridge exit, but there's an exit on Highway 30. So we drove up, we take the exit, we come back down, and then we take the next exit in Ankeny to go back up just to make sure that we didn't really see somebody, that nobody was hurt, that there was nothing wrong. Um, we couldn't find anything. And we and then we were, like, quizzing each other. We're like, what color was the ball? On three. One, two, three. Red. And, like, we were like, oh, my God. What color was the kid's hair? One, two, three. Blonde. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And then we get back to – and this was before you could, like, really Google shit on your phones and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get back to our apartment in, in Ames. And we pull in, and we're getting ready to get out, and then we're all just immediately have the same feeling. We're like, "What if there's a, like a dead kid in our apartment? Like, what if that's the thing? You know?" Oh, and so then, we, and then we're like freaked out, and we go in, we're fine. We get on the computer, and we just start googling. Like, was there ever a kid hit by a car there? Was there ever anything like that? A bouncy ball on Highway 30, and we couldn't find anything. There was because no, like that's what we thought was like, okay, maybe a kid got killed there t- ten years ago, and this is what we couldn't find anything. We looked in. Cambridge newspapers we looked in Ankeny we just could not find the story of a little boy getting hit by a car or a little boy chasing a ball over the highway now odds are that kind of shit has happened but we couldn't find anything like it and so there that's what's so eerie about it is there's no explanation there's nothing else about that like we don't we don't know anything and so that's that's my first one that's that's mine. really fucking cool right yeah no and I, I like that like you said that you don't believe in ghosts, but you're like willing to acknowledge yeah. that like something weird happened. I saw something, but I yeah. don't. But like as a person who I feel is somewhat intelligent, I don't necessarily believe that ghosts can happen. But I fucking saw that that night, right. you know. Yeah, uh, that's kind of how yeah. I look at it. Like, uh, one of, like one of the things that I kind of fuck with a little bit, like, mm-hmm. is it rather than like, oh, they're the spirits of dead people. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the stone tape theory? No, no. So but the tell stone me. tape theory is that like. So we know like enough about the universe to make sense of stuff, but like yeah. we, I think it would be bullshit to say that we know everything. Yes, sure. So I think that like with a stone tape theory, basically in a in a nutshell, is that like if something traumatic or just particularly memorable or some sort of emotion, like highly emotional thing, happens in a specific area, that like some sort of like energy transfer or like will like literally write itself into like because infinity, like, is technically not linear okay if that makes sense like well according to like i've literally like science this out sure sure so sure. i'm I'll, into it yeah yeah so forgive me for my tangent here but so basically like according to stephen hawking uh because of the curvature of space time our universe is not technically infinite it's only infinitely expanding but technically it's spherical okay. due to the curvature of space time so if you consider that to altogether like because it's it's theoretic like it's it's practically infinite but theoretically not infinite okay so things will repeat simply because uh, infinity is non-linear so to speak and will loop yeah so 
something that is looping and is extremely like you know emotionally like driven mm-hmm. might write itself into like the code of the universe a little bit more prevalently okay. than like just a car or something like driving by. Sure. So that's and, yeah. And there's a thing and now I don't know if this ties into that at all. But there is a thing that I remember learning in college and this is again I'm talking out my ass. I don't remember the science in this, but there is a thing about how if you so like out the corner of your eye, like out the side of my eye, like so like right now I know we're on the podcast but I, I'm looking at you. If I put my hand up and right now like my hand is like level with my face and with looking straight at you I can still see my hand right Right. and then if you slowly move it backwards I can still see my hand I can still see my hand and at some point like right around here I no longer can see my hand but I can because your brain knows what's over there and your brain is like kind of drawing it for you and so like physically I no longer like I think it's right around here physically I no longer see it but it is still there and that's one of those things that's similar to that like if Things like if this little boy, that could be like, uh, like um, for lack of a better term, a glitch. Yes. That's like what's happening. And I believe, I think that's very possible. And yeah. I think that's much more uh, interesting and much more plausible than the uh, somebody's dead and then, yeah. you know, that. And that's why yeah. I think I always, like, it started as, a, you know, as a kid, my fascination with ghosts and the paranormal. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, my, like, my biggest thing as a kid was like, it's this huge phenomenon and mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, it's just for fun. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but it's everywhere. Like, so even if one like even if there's a there's a billion stories yeah and one of them is true that means one of them is true yeah 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 so like but then I started you know you know I guess growing up and like I started getting not that I'm like smart but yeah, like yeah. I'm fascinated by quantum mechanics and like theoretical physics sure. I can't do any of it because I'm bad at math yeah yeah but like I like listening to smart people tell me about exactly, it exactly yeah so hearing that the universe is only practically infinite mm-hmm. and like all this other stuff and then I started thinking about how well like so atoms are just like if you break if you break down matter. All matter is is non-existence and existence. Okay. Zeros and ones. Yeah. Literally, life can be technically binary. Yeah. Giving yeah. like I kind of fuck with simulation theory only for the sense of like if non-existence and existence are represented by zeros and ones, which like because an atom is like ninety nine percent empty space. Mm-hmm. So like empty space like non-existence technically has to exist as a zero. Okay. So then existence so is one. Existence is there. So that's why I think you know like when people are like oh simulation theory that's all and like no no like. It yeah. does hold precedence when you start looking at like, you know, if you start looking at you know binary code as you know zeros and ones existence, mm-hmm. not, and that's that's taking a huge leap and saying yeah, that yeah, non-existence. Yeah. But like that's where I'm looking at like okay, so a ghost might just be like some like I have this weird theory about how so life, if it is a simulation, if there was some margin of error, even if it was set off by like because pi is technically yeah pi doesn't end okay so like that you can't replicate pi ever mm-hmm. like well, I mean you can but like it, there's likely to be things so if if this is a simulation it wouldn't likely be a exact loop it might be off by like you know whatever fraction so mm-hmm. like instead of making an exact loop it'll like a spiral mm-hmm. so that's where things might start to get fucked up and you might yeah. start seeing shit like that yeah and that's the thing too like it, like i don't i don't uh, have a lot of opinions either way on the whole of the simulation and all that stuff just because i don't I, 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 it's it's not to sound negative, but I don't care to study uh, yeah, it or yeah, hear yeah. about it. But one thing that I do think is kind of interesting is if that, like, how often have you played like a fuck like Spyro, the new regenerated pot Spyro? Right. How often have you played like a sick game? I don't, it's not, I'm not talking like Doom where it happens all the time. But you play like a great game, and then some ridiculous clipping error happens, and and sometimes you're stuck and you can't get out of it and shit like yep. that. It's like things like that. I'm like, well, that kind of could. Now, I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't have said that ten years ago. But then now you look at a game and you're like, well, fuck, how did this even happen? You know? Or like, I remember, like, not this is a little different, but for what is whatever reason, I've thought of it. I was watching television one time, and uh, it was an episode of Who's the Boss, 
And it was, you know, like, this was back in the 90s when I was a kid. And th- this is when it's big block tapes for reruns and, like, local stations had them and would put them in and stuff. I was watching an episode once where it was the first act and then they go to commercial break. And then the second act plays and then they go to commercial break. And then when they come back from commercial, the second act played again. And it's not like this is a special episode where that happens. The second act just played again. And then when they go to that commercial again after the second act, it was just, they just went into the next show. So it's somehow there was like a glitch. And this was all like on tape and Whoa. stuff like that back in the day. Somehow that third act never pulled. But I had seen that rerun on that same channel before and it did all play correctly. But Whoa. it was, and it's one of those things like I, and as a kid, you can't fucking, I can't tell my dad. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yep. You know? It, but I like, I think of that all the time. I'm like, that was an unexplainable thing on such a small scale. And mm-hmm. maybe somebody who worked at television stations back then could be like, oh, they probably hit back at the exact wrong time or something. You know, yeah. it could be easily explained. Uh, but don't tell me because I love the unknown, you know? <laughs> that's, that's, and I think that's the other fun part about ghosts is it's mm-hmm. like, there's probably a logical explanation for every ghost yeah. anyone's ever seen. But, those make like, if somebody's like, oh well, here's why that's not a ghost, and it's like, well, now the fun is gone. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. much more fun to be like, I saw a little red, you know, a, a ghost boy chasing a little red ball. It's yeah. like that's way more fun than yeah. being like the reflection. It was of a, a light mirror. of a yeah. There's yeah. a sign right there, and the way your your lights of your uh, 2004 Saturn yeah, hit reflected off a mirror yeah. with somebody playing a DVD player, and mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's like no, I don't yeah. want to know that shit. I want to think I saw a ghost. Yeah, there's. Can I tell you? Okay, so yeah, no, I probably should have done the rule of threes. That should have been my last one because I think it's the best one. But um, another ghost story is. And this is very small, but I was at my parents' house once, and it's the house I grew up in, and it's not an old house. It's not like it's we built the house ourselves, so like the oldest aspect of the house is like from 1985. Um, But we were sitting up in the living room or in our kitchen playing uh, cards. My mom, my dad, and I. And this was after I was in college, so I was probably like maybe in my early 20s or something. And my my at the time, my brother was living in the back bedroom of our house. And the way it worked from we were in the kitchen and we have a long hallway behind the kitchen. So there's this little area where you can see somebody if they were walking down the hallway, there's a little area from the kitchen door where you could see them for maybe like five seconds while they walk down the hall. And so I'm playing cards with my family and we're talking and it's just my mom and dad and I and it's very low key, you know. Right. And then all of a sudden I see somebody walk down the hall, walk that little section perfectly the way I've seen my entire life hundreds of people walk that hall the way I've walked that hall and I saw somebody walk that hall and in my head I was just like oh I guess Daniel's home I didn't know my brother was home you know um and he must have been he maybe was in the bathroom he was going to his bedroom or something and so we're playing cards and something happens where like we're talking and I'm like this is bullshit and I'm like no get and and at our house we just yell so I was like Daniel get out here mom's pulling bullshit and my mom's like Daniel's not home and I was like, well, who's back in his, who's back there? And she's like, nobody. And I'm like, what? I was like, I just saw somebody. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I go back there and there's nobody back there. And there's no other exits from that side of the house. And I'm like, I saw somebody. And my dad's like, oh, you're just messing with us or whatever. And like, I can't, it, it, there's no reason for there to have been a ghost in that situation. Right. But I 100% saw somebody walk through in my house, in the house. I grew, and it's such a silly thing that like, I mean... I would, I would, if I had a million dollars, I'd bet a million dollars at somebody walked through right then, you know? And I yeah. didn't see who it was. It was just a, it was just a person. It wasn't like a, a shadowy figure floating. It was like, I, I believed it could have been my brother. It could have been an uncle. It could have been any male. Um, but it's so funny how like in that moment to be so, you know, like the ghost yep. boy thing was one thing, but like, this is just like, 
this is a ghost for no fucking reason. You know, there's no, oh, yeah. yeah, you know? No, nah, so I actually uh. grew up in it because uh, your story reminded yeah. me of like my first actual, so uh, my first ever ghost experience uh-huh. was, uh, I actually apparently grew up in a haunted house. My parents Ooh, didn't tell me. Damn. Yeah, they didn't tell me until like we moved out of it because like, yeah. they knew that I was like really obsessed with ghosts, but I was yeah, also like, yeah, a, yeah. like I was a very like, I was afraid of the dark Me too. as a kid. I still am. Yeah. I still to this day, I sleep with a television on because I'm terrified of the dark. I To this day, I was only ever afraid of the dark in that house. We, yeah? Like, oh, really? I mean, okay. Like, even like up to like age 14 yeah. in that house before I moved, did not like being in that house sure. with the lights off. Moved to the new house, nothing. Like I was just like, oh, I yeah. guess I'm just not afraid of the dark. So they apparently got it like cheap off because they the way that they put it oh we got it off uh, we got it cheap off these hippies who sold it because they said it was haunted yeah so then I grow up and I'm like you never told me that shit yeah so yeah I'm like I don't know I'm I'm like just old enough to be home alone for like a little bit mm-hmm. but like not so like to stay home but like so like I got home from school and they were like all right you know whatever and then go over to your friend's house yeah yeah, yeah like kind of one of those situations so I was at home and I distinctly remember like the time of the year is because uh I was eating Fruity Pebbles, which oh, were yeah. a rare treat, because for, for sure. my birthday, that was the only time my mom would make Fruity Pebble bars. Oh, yum. I love yeah, those. I, yeah, I like, because I like, I don't really like birthday cake. Sure, sure. So I had those. I like pumpkin, that same thing. I always yeah. got pumpkin pie for my birthday. It's, it, it's yeah. a way better thing. Mm-hmm. So, but there was also like birthday streamers hanging mm-hmm. down from the thing. And the reason that I remember that is because, uh, so I'm sitting there and meet my Fruity Pebbles, you just mind, mm-hmm. and I hear my front door open. My brother was the only person in our entire family that used the front door yeah. for some reason. Like that was just his thing. So I hear him like slam the front door. And I I'm th- I don't think anything of it because mm-hmm. I'm just like all right whatever Josh is home so now I don't have to leave, and then I'm waiting for him to like walk by and I don't I don't see anybody yeah I'm like well what the fuck like was he just hanging out like yeah. in the living room so I kind of peek my head in and nobody's there and I'm like what the fuck go check the door door's locked locked been and locked I'm like what the fuck look outside his car's not there and I'm like whatever you know I, it was probably not my front door yeah so I'm sitting there you know I go back to eating my cereal and then I look in like my drawer and like. The streamers are bent over this like torso. It's like a floating. Like somebody's tor- walking in. Well, no, like or, I, I saw a yeah. floating, like literally, like a person. Like it looked like a, like an old farmer type person. Yeah. So I freak out and run out of my house, and so I uh, going back to my, you know, I mentioned my friend lived across the street. Uh, his dad always said that he would see an old woman in his master bedroom, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like. You know, we're across the street and like this area, you know, might have two houses now, but yeah. it might have been one, one property thing. before. Yeah. So like they might be like kind of. So, yeah, like that. was. I love that. Yeah. Because I was like, what are the fucking odds that like there's two ghosts and we're like right across the street. So, yeah, I freaked the That's fuck out. Wait, before. So I don't believe this is a ghost. I think this was just a weird trap of the light or whatever. But when we're done, remind me to show you on my Facebook. I have a video in my old living room in Brooklyn. I just saw it. it looks terrifying, but I think it was just like it, I think it was just the light and maybe somebody was like burning smoke outside or something or incense or something. But and it just seeped in our window just right. But it's terrifying and it oh, looks shit. But I'll show you that when we're done. Hell that's yeah. not worth talking. Um, so I'll tell you uh, that's my other ghost story. And then I'll tell you another the last ghost story, which is I wish I knew want to read more about it. But um, because it's not that great, but my wife and I went to Versailles in 2008 or nine in France and uh, there's a part, there's these these orchards. And of course, Versailles, if you don't know, listeners, it's where like Louis Fourteenth built it and ruined France's money to build this massive palace. And then because of that, Louis Sixteenth and uh, uh, Marie Antoinette got fucking beheaded and the French Revolution happened. Um, and they, uh, the 16th and Marie Antoinette, they kind of were fucking hosed in the whole situation. Um, but anyways, 
so this beautiful big massive palace is built and it's got all these gardens and stuff and the year before or like the semester in college before we went I had a French Revolution's history class where I learned everything about the French Revolution and about the building of Versailles and about uh, Louis the 16th and about Marie Antoinette my wife who's a landscape architect she had an art history class or uh, an architecture class all about literally just Versailles and it was all about why the gardens are the way they are, why these trees are here, why they use these certain fountains and stuff. And so we go to this place and we're there for seven hours just walking around telling each other about it. And it's wonderful. It's like, you know, that's such a good experience as a couple to have. Um, but there's this one part where you're walking around and there's all these trees, like an orchardy type area. And you're walking through and it's on your way from the the main house, the Vers the actual palace. And then out back, there's a place that I forget the name all the time, but it's called like the Petite Trion or something. Right. And it's it's a smaller version of Versailles built just for Marie Antoinette. Like, because she wanted like to have kind of like a, basically like a his little sitting room house to like hang out with her like handmaids and stuff. Trippy. Um, and so it's little, and it's pink or orangish, peachish color, right. but it's beautiful. And, and you walk between the two of them and there's these trees, right? And so my wife and I in 2008 or whatever are walking and off in the distance in the, the tree area, we just see two women in like period clothing, like 1700s, walking with each other. And one of them is carrying an easel and like painting supplies, right? Right. And they're just walking down in the trees, like way off the path, you know? But you like, I was just like, oh, it's like some sort of reenactors or something or some weird thing. I didn't think anything of it. They're walking or whatever. I don't see them. Don't think anything else. Then in like 2011, I'm in Des Moines. I'm working at Wells Fargo. I'm listening to podcasts all the time. And I listen to this one podcast called Stuff You Missed in History Class. And it's a good podcast. It's been going for like fuck ever. It's really fun. And they were doing an episode all about ghosts for like Halloween. And they start talking about like the top five ghosts in Europe or something. And one of them was, and it's the handmaid that you see at Versailles with her painting for her friend that paints. Whoa. And the idea is that it's the two of them are just, I think they might have been, I might, and this is the part that I should have Googled before the show, but something about how they were supposed to be Marie Antoinette's handmaids. They got killed in the whole thing by accident. One of them would always go out and paint, and the other one would go out and find the spots for them to paint, or something like that, you know? Whoa. But regardless, you it's saw, one of those, like, famous ghosts. We found out we saw ghosts years after. You know, it wasn't like in the moment where, like, oh, look at those ghosts. It was like, look at those real humans. Yes. And then years later, be like, oh, no, people. And the story of the people first seeing those ghosts is all from like the early 1900s. So those ghosts have been actively haunting or whatever the word is. Right. That little orchard for a hundred years. That's so know? fucking cool. It's really cool, right? And yeah. I wish I knew the, all the ins and outs. And so we've, ta we've talked a bunch about going back to Paris over the years. And part of the conversation has been, if we go back to Paris, we don't want to go back to the Versailles because it's like you have to, it's a little ways out of town. Right. And like, and it's not like anything's going to change, you know? But part of us wants to make the trek to go back just to see if we see those fucking ghosts again, you know? Right. That's it's kind of fun, sick. right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's it, really cool. It's neat. It's 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 rad. Um, do you have like? Did your parents believe in ghosts? No, my parents were like, like anytime that I would tell them about like ghosts and shit, they would just be like, "Oh, you know, like, yeah, who they cares? Just kinda, yeah, they took it like a very like, you know, like oh, you're just you know you're, you know, being silly or yeah, whatever, or kind playing of tricks on your mind or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like they weren't like what's weird is like they weren't like religious or anything. Yeah, yeah So yeah. like they just were like very much like no, like just. I just never really believed. So like whenever I like, and I only, and it, that was why I never really like told them because like, sure. It was this whole thing. Like why I didn't want to come home. And they're like, why are you freaking out? And I like, I couldn't just be like, there's a ghost in our yeah, house. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Like I, like I always had like a, like, like I, I, I think there was something seriously wrong with that fucking house. Yeah. Totally. Like, like I, like, 
when I was a kid, I would have like really intense, like vivid nightmares. Yeah. And I mean, I still kind of have nightmares, but like when I was a kid, like it was literally like I would have really just awful nightmares, like yeah, very, very yeah. often. And then like it shut, like it stopped, like as like I mean, I still like I said, I still have nightmares, but like not nearly as often as soon as I moved out of the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Like I always felt like really uncomfortable, like given it was in a, uh, it was an unfinished basement. But, like, oh yeah, I never yeah. felt comfortable in that spooky? basement. And like I said, I was always just like uncomfortable in the dark in that house. Moved to a new house, nothing. Yeah. Didn't feel like, and I don't know if it was just like, you know, learning the new house. And yeah. It was just like whatever, but like I never really like felt anything. But then, uh, so that was ghost story number yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that's my, but uh, I love that. I think, I'm trying to think of it. Like, There's, so I'll say, I'll say this. My mom does believe in all this stuff and she believes in ESP and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And I do too, to an extent, I believe in that stuff. Um, uh, but when my mom was a kid, so they lived in a house that was like an old riggedy ass house in the, in town in my hometown in Glenwood, Iowa. And my mom had like six sisters and all that stuff, or maybe I guess five sisters and two brothers or something, but a lot of kids and they're all super poor. This is in the, you know, the fifties and sixties. And, um, one time their grandma came to visit them and it was my mom's, I guess it would have been my, my I think I can't remember. It was I don't know which grandma it was, but it was one of my mom's grandmas came, who's a very old woman, and she came and slept on the couch at their house. And the next day, she was complaining because she's like, she was yelling at my my grandma, so yelling at her daughter or her daughter-in-law, like you got to tell those kids to get under control because all night long they're just tur- flipping the hall light on and running up and down the steps. And 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 my 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 grandma was like, well, what what's going on? We got to talk to the kids. None of them had left the room, and then they realized they don't have a hall light, and so they don't know what that was. Whoa. But all night long, the grandma on the couch, which was like right by the steps that went up to the kids' room, heard people running up and down the steps and saw the light flicking on. Well, there was no light, and then my my mom said like the next night they all like were like into this, so they all listened at their door, and all night long could just see the light come on under the door, and could hear like as if they were a uh, uh, you know an army of kids running up and down steps all night and giggling but they were in their rooms there was no way no one else was doing it and the grandma heard it just the same she's like they were at it again last night but my mom's like it wasn't we weren't doing it and and there's again no explanation they don't right. know the thing but and and so because of that and then another we had another aunt in the family or somebody in my mom's side of the family who um and this was a very, like, in our family, this is a very famous story. Uh, she woke up one time, and I don't know how fucking time zones work and stuff, but anyways, she wakes up one time, and she's hearing her son, who was, like, I guess my great uncle or something, who was in Vietnam, she hears him calling for her in a dream. And so she has this, like, weird nightmare dream where her son's just like, Mom, Mom, I need you, Mom. And so that e- freaks her out, so she wakes up, and whatever, she's like, this is fucking weird. Well, apparently, in Vietnam... He had a dream that his mom was calling for him. So he woke up all fucking freaked out, got up, was like, I'm going to go on a walk, goes on a walk and leaves their patrol and their fucking camp got like blown up. Whoa. And so he, him and then the guard that was being a guard lived because the guard was already up paying attention, but it was like bomb dropped. So they lived. He should not have lived. And he lived only because of that. And then... And this is the part that I don't know how time works and stuff, but at some point, somebody in the family looked at it and was like, well, he was sleeping at night in Vietnam and she was having a nap in the afternoon and the times all worked out. That it was almost like they were communicating with each other to be like, get up, you know? Holy shit. And, and so that was always kind of interesting too. Like, 
you know, he because like that was that was more or less ghost stuff, but that's like more like ESP shit. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I totally does that fit into with your brain? Oh or? no, like I, I I I'm definitely one of those like I consider myself open minded to pretty much all like I would like I call, I struggle to call myself a believer. Sure. But it's like I, I the way that I put it is like I choose to live in a world where I do believe. If okay. that makes sense, where it's okay. like yes, you know, like is all of this stuff most likely coincidence, not true, or, you know, explainable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, I think that that's the reality. Gotcha. But it's so much more fun to be like, there's aliens, there's yeah. ghosts. Like, it's it's so much more fun. We used to, my my college roommate, Shank, the same one who was like, did you guys just see something? Um, we, okay, and like, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a, in, a maniac, but I kind of think, I think that people, and I have no science behind this, but I think that people are either susceptible to putting stuff in other people's minds like telepathically kind of oh, yeah. or they're susceptible to receiving and maybe there's people that are receptible to both but I don't know but I think I'm receptible to putting things in people's minds who are susceptible to reading that and my roommate Shank and I we would play games all the time and I think it was just that way where I'm good at giving he's good at receiving and so we would sit in our living room like I've been good you know we should, t- we should test I would this. love to I was trying to think literally if there was a way to test it on the podcast like, I would like more, prove like, it I'm pretty receptible yeah well so th- this is what we would do we could do it but I mean it's like there's no proof of it because right. it's the podcast but here I'll, here's what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna type okay so I'm gonna type a random number uh, within the so two digits right, right. so one to a hundred I'm going to type a random number. Okay, so I've done this now on my phone, and it's on my phone safe. So, like, you know, but, and so, man, you don't know it. Um, Okay, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you this number. And this is the same way the Shank and I used to do it, and this sounds really corny, but it's so fun. And listeners, maybe you'll have fun doing this with friends, too. Okay, so now uh, close your eyes. Okay, so picture, like, a black and white schoolroom, like an old-timey 1800s schoolroom, right? Right. There's desks everywhere, and there's dust everywhere. The chalkboard is all covered in, like, you know, erased stuff, you know? Um, no one else is in the room but you, and you're sitting at a desk, okay? Now picture I'm sitting at a desk in that room, okay? And now, and listeners, I've closed my eyes as well. And so now I am just furiously writing this number on pieces of paper, okay? I'm just constantly writing this this number on pieces of paper over and over and over and over and over. Uh, the papers are falling off the desk. They're falling on the floor. They're everywhere, okay? So I just keep writing the same number all over these papers, okay? And so now what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to take the piece of paper... I'm going to fold it up and I'm going to walk over. I'm going to put it in an, in, in a mailbox, basically like a little old you know mailbox. Okay. So now you, Matt, now you're there in that room. Go to that mailbox, open the mailbox, open up the piece of paper and just instinctively read what number it is. 74. Okay. Ready? Yeah. 76. Whoa. Right? So we have 100 chances. So here's the thing. I make a six. Maybe the way I write my six looks like a four to you. Maybe it's all fucking nothing. Maybe uh, when you opened it, you looked too quick and the rest of the number wasn't done yet. Right? Isn't that that's shit crazy? really weird that two, like two off is... Two off is pretty good, right? Yeah, that's... If you would have said 67, it would have blown my mind. If you would have said anything within the 74 to 78, it would have blown my mind. But if you would have said 35, well, fuck it. It's a game. Who cares? Well, like, well, it was weird because I was literally t- like, I was like... Originally, like you're thinking, I'm like getting a bunch of like different ones. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 36 was actually one that was like coming up. Yeah. But then, like, you said the writing thing, and then yeah. all of a sudden I just started seeing 74, yeah. and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. all right, 74. And the, the thing that sucks is if we did it again, then you're thinking about it a lot. And But, but yeah. we could get good at it. And Shank and I got great at it. And the coolest thing we ever did was because we would always do numbers and we do cards. So you have a deck of cards and we right. send each other cards. And I, he was always good at getting them when I sent them to him. And we would always use the same, which is a thing we came up with. That's not like this is the, the I think you know, it's something you can but, train. But it's a fun, and so, but the coolest thing was once, 
uh, we were sitting in the living room and uh, we had, uh, and this was like, I mean, we'd been hanging out. We probably were drunk early in the evening and we're just college roommates having fun. And at one point, we're, we're, I'm trying to send him stuff. And I've sent him numbers, and we've gotten really good at doing numbers. We've gotten good at doing letters. We've gotten good at doing cards. So then I decide I'm going to send him a word, okay? And so I'm, like, thinking of, like, what word can I send him? And I wanted to – basically, I wanted to send him a task, not just a word, but I wanted to send him a word that would be a task. So we're sitting next to each other, like, just like we are now. And in our living room, we had had a uh, Nerf gun, right? And we had a big, like, weird painting of a golf course on, in our, hanging on our wall, and there was a dart stuck to the golf course, right? So I decided I was going to send him dart. And what I wanted him to do was get up and take the dart down, right? So we're in the situation. I'm writing dart over and over and over and over on the piece of paper. I send it to him. He's sitting there, eyes closed, whatever, does his part, you know, in his head, opens the envelope, yeah. looks at the piece of paper, and then he goes, I got it. And he goes up and turns the light off. And he said, dark, you want it dark in here. And I fucking lost my mind. I was like, no, I wanted you to. And he's like, dart, you wanted me to get the dart. And it was like oh, fucking fuck. so cool. I got goosebumps again. No, and it was so cool. Well, it's like, yeah. it's fucking crazy. Because then like dark, dark, yeah. 74, 76. Like, yeah. It's not, an, it's not a perfect science, but it exactly. is like fucking weird how close it was yeah. both times. Yeah. And it also, here's a, the 76 thing with us doesn't matter. Maybe with him though. It literally could be more of a um, social science where we were living together, so we were hanging out all the time. We have been friends since high school. So maybe we just are on a similar wavelength, but maybe not. Maybe it really was. And so, like, anytime I tell people about this, and I'm going to do it now, uh, I'm going to tell, <laughs> like, I'm sending now to my buddy Shank to text me, which he may because we're going to a wedding next weekend. So, right. But as of right now, we haven't texted with each other since I'm trying to find it in my phone. Um, fuck. Wow, it's been a while. For at least two months, we haven't texted with each other. Um, and so I'm right now just as best I can sending him, send me a text. Because I think it'd be so, okay, last time we texted was July 18th. Well, so it's right there. He says, right. hey, I just thought of blah, blah, blah. I didn't even reply. Right, right, and right. so right now I'm mentally sending him to send me a text. So if by the end of this episode, he sends me a text, I'm going to fucking come all over your floor. Fu- right? Dude, that would be the best thing to ever happen to yeah, the yeah, group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? That'd be rad. Actual paranormal phenomenon. I love that. I, I, I always forget about that. But I would love, because I do crowd work a lot in the audience and stuff. And I think my dream would be to be good enough at stand-up that an audience would put up with me fucking playing with an audience member doing that game right that'd be sick i think that'd be really fun i still think it's fucking trippy that like we yeah, were that close too off. Yeah. and you know what literally if we did it again it might be way off but i say we don't because it's fun that we were so close exactly you know? that's i'm um, like uh yeah there's this one i had it for a little while and i was playing with it but like there was a there's some sort of like esp card deck okay that i downloaded on my phone yeah and it was literally just like uh there was different like things that you could do sure and it was trying it was like one it was like trying to guess what was on the card and then there was one it was like it was like there's like different modules i was like all right guess what's coming up next and then it was like tell the card what is coming oh there's like two different ones yeah and it was like the first one is like you'd you'd only have like i mean i'm not sure exactly how like because it's hard to say like how like whether or not like oh this is how it works but yeah like, the first like and you do the first module and you, you know you might get like one and eight but then it was like, all right, now tell the deck like what card you want next, and like you wouldn't say it, but like yeah, you'd, you'd, yeah. And then like it would, you would go from like one and eight to mm-hmm. like maybe like one and four. Okay. It was re- and it was like really weird. Yeah. Cause it was like so consistent across the board, and I'm like, that's some wild shit. Did you ever see? There used to be these things, and they would. All, I worked at Blockbuster Video in right. college. I'm not bragging, but uh, and I would <laughs> uh, I would always um, we had these things that was I think it was called Q20. It was this little ball. 
and you it, you would ask it it was not it wasn't like an eight ball but it would have like a little touch screen oh and it was like I think the animal question thing yes and it got it so much and it was so weird and yes. and like we me and my friends in college we were convinced that like it must have some sort of a listening device or some sort of a wi-fi connection because it got it all the time and Oof. It would get like really like obscure, obscure shit yeah. too. One time it got, and I might be misremembering this, but it got something like Oksana by you or something. It got some really weird, the person ended up being some really weird Olympian who hadn't been famous for like 15 years or 10 years or something. And so like that shit blew our minds. And I, I love weird stuff like that, you know? Like it, yeah. it just like, I fucking hate more than anything those goddamn like dude perfect bros you know do you oh, know what this is on youtube they just nail a yeah ridiculous but shot. i fucking do love seeing that like my my friend caitlin just posted on instagram her car just flipped over from whatever nine 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 hundred and ninety nine thousand miles to one hundred thousand miles and watching the flip like gave me like a hoo like it it's i like seeing when people do stuff that's in that's uh not not hard, easy to do. It's why we watch cooking shows, or yes. you know, it's like I like watch. It's why I watch Project Runway. I like watching people who are really good at something be really good at it. You know. Yeah, there's one uh, show I can't remember yeah. what it's called, but it's like where they they make a like some kind of weapon. Mm-hmm. It's like a blacksmithing show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a time challenge. Or like, all right, you have two, you have four hours sure. to make a blade out of a wrench. That's fun. It's, I love oh, that it's shit. So, it's so cool. Yeah, it's it's really, I think it's really interesting. It's just like with comedy, like, uh, I, there was a, a show that was running in New York for a little bit um, where it was a head-to-head, ba- it was a head-to-head, like, um, bracket-type show, and the premise was you were given three topics at 1 p.m., and then at 9 p.m. that night you had a show, and you had to do three minutes on each of those topics, but you had, a, you had, a, you had all day to write three minutes on those topics, but then you'd go head to head against somebody. So if it's me and you in the first round, we both might have the word like lamp. Right. And then we both of us wrote a three minute joke about lamp. And then the audience would decide who had the best joke about lamp. And then that person would move on. And then the next round, me and somebody, you'd go against somebody with the word like poster. And you had to write the best three minute joke on poster. And it was so funny because there's comics who are bad comedians would be really good at it because they, that for whatever reason, good comedians you think would run away with it would suck. And then people like me who was just kind of in the middle... I, I won the whole thing once, uh, and it was rad. I got like $500 and oh, free damn. headshots and stuff, and I won the whole thing. And then as soon as – because I I was walking dogs at the time, so at 1 o'clock I get these topics, and I can just beat the fuck out of these jokes and, ta- and, and work them, work them, work them in my head and call friends and talk about them and then do them at night, and they're a good joke. And I'm like, why don't I do that? All the time. Like, every time I have a joke, why do I take a year at an open mic to make it funny, you know? Um, but it's that funny thing, like – learning where you can excel at a thing like that or seeing somebody excel at like other comics that were really good at it, it was so fun to watch like they got they were to- told the word turtle at 1 p.m. and now they've got a gorgeous three-minute bit about turtles that you know it, they would never have written otherwise because they probably wouldn't have thought about it because nobody said write a joke about turtles right like yeah it was very very cool and that's like kind of what I, that's why i like my word association kind of thing, yeah right? yeah like, i'll just i'll find like because and it's not that i like I'm always trying to write jokes, but yeah. like, like for the most part, it's like oh, if I come across a thing and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could do something with that. But like, yeah. I could definitely see how like if you have like here's a word, write jokes about it. Like yeah. you can really like, especially if you are a yeah. comedian, like. And it was what the other thing cool about the show was. Um, I had the benefit of I had watched one round once before, like another version right. of it, and one of the words in that one was like I think it was something like beer or or maybe it was glass. Right. And both groups, both contestants wrote jokes about drinking booze out of a glass and they both had stories about a glass and I was like so I'm gonna be a little different so I wrote a joke 
I had the word shot and I was like, well, people are probably going to talk about guns or booze shots. Yeah. So I wrote a joke about shot put because I threw shot put in high school. And that joke that I wrote for that thing is the closer on my second EP. No shit. Because I, and not like, not that it's the greatest joke I've ever written, but like, it was just so funny that I wouldn't even have thought of to talk about that story on stage if it wasn't for this weird prompt and wanting the reason of needing to do a different kind of prompt, you know? Um, so I thought that was that was always a funny thing. Like uh, I don't know why I brought that up on this show. Well, no, just, and then at the end, a ghost yeah. got us. You know, <laughs> like I don't. Well, no, it's also really cool because like because yeah. well, you seem like a person who likes to th- like who come like you. I think we have a very similar like, yeah. process in the sense where like we we understand the parameters of like what's common and or like I guess also like the parameters of reality. And then we we look at it and like this is what is most likely like when I when I think of a joke or like that's why like I love misdirection. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I like to write a joke where I make sure that like I like I make people think that they know what the joke. Yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of my favorite misdirection jokes is I have this joke about how like oh like everybody knows that all dogs love peanut butter. Yeah. But did you know that dogs love peanut butter even more than making sure their blind friends don't get hit by cars? <laughs> like, that's fun. Because like everybody's thinking the oh dog. It's gotta go butter. the dog cock yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. So I I switch it and then it turns into like this different thing and people yeah. are like whoa holy shit like. Not that uh, that game yeah, is yeah, right. yeah, no. that it's like a great joke of mine, but it, it's one of my favorites just because like it's something that nobody ever sees coming the first time yeah. they hear it. I had a joke when I in Des Moines. I had a joke when I first started that was uh, about the same idea, Mister Actiony. And this isn't kind of the jokes I do now necessarily, but it was about and it was a fake joke. This didn't happen. I was just a, a fake story. But I was like, I was in high school and I was I was a senior and I was walking down the hall one day and I saw these kids picking on this kid named Ricky who was like a real nerdy kid, you know. And these other kids are picking on Ricky and they're being real mean to him. And I'm like, and I walk up to him and I'm a senior. I'm a cool guy. And I was like, you guys, what are you guys doing? You're picking on Ricky. You think that's cool? You think that makes you cool? And then I just hauled off and I just as hard as I could, I just fucking punched Ricky right in the fucking teeth and he went down and then I looked at the kids and I go hey cool kids don't talk to nerds okay and then I gave them both cigarettes you know because I'm a cool guy but like I would tell that joke and I and it's again it was a different time yeah but I would tell that joke and see people's faces be like yeah he's fighting the power and then when you punch the the nerdy kid they're like oh fuck this guy it's so good yeah though, it's- but it's fun to do that dumb you know that weird like misdirect and Brandon my friend Brandon Ream does a lot of weird puns that are like that where you're like because especially with a pun, it's hard. But it's like, okay, you think you know where it's going, and then it, yeah, and then it doesn't. Or it's something that's so obvious. How did the universe not? And he, I know that when you write in that realm, you have to like Google a lot to make sure that it's not out there, you know. And and I think that's so funny. Now I just tell fuck long yeah. stories about my goddamn family or something. Or my wife. Well, it's kind of like with this this fucking this joke I wrote about the forthcoming joke. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, that's somebody like somebody else has to have written a forthcoming yeah. joke. But like, the fact that I'm sitting here and it just like pops into my head, I'm like. For sure, some like yeah, and then I posted it on Facebook and it got like a bunch yeah, of likes. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh shit. Like, I uh, I used to have a joke too in Des Moines that was uh, uh, it works perfect for this podcast. It was uh, I would ask, I'd be like, do you guys believe in ghosts? I don't know if I do. I never did. Then we found out that this little boy was brutally murdered in our apartment, um, like six months after we moved in. And so now we're like, that's scary, you know? <laughs> what was he even doing in there? You know? <laughs> And that was one of those jokes that because the misdirect is hidden so it's not like it's a genius joke, yeah, but it was just, hidden. It bombed so much because people are like, "What are you talking about?" And then like, "Oh, he said after they moved in." Okay, you know. That's but uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, is like I'll tell a joke and then like I'll wait and I'm yeah. like, "I know you'll get this." Yeah. And then somebody and then it starts. And I'm like, "All right." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are some of my favorites because uh, one of, like it hasn't been doing as well as I'd like it to. But I have yeah. this one joke where it's like a, you know. Uh, do you everybody know that like you know when you when you sh- you d- when you die you shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody told me that, and now my trunk is a mess. <laughs>
That's funny. I like yeah, that. Like, and it, it, people, but people like the it's what do they they used to call it in the business? They used to call it like a on your way homer or something. It was like yep. the joke on the way home. You'll be like, oh fuck yeah, I get it. You know. So like, and I'll tell it at lefties, and like it won't do yeah. well at lefties. But then I'll, I'll go tell it at like a bar, yeah, and it'll do well in the bar. And I'm like, how is the lefties yeah, count? Yeah, not yeah, in the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in what? Comedy like so weird. And it's like egotistical, but like as a comedian, I'm like, I know that's a good joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, that's how it goes. And sometimes, I mean, jo- my friend Joan, who I was just on the road with, Joan LaRosa Doyle, very yeah, funny. She's, she's been on the show, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had a bunch of good stories. We, so before I saw that you had commented when I said I'm going to be in town, I'm doing all I look to do, uh, we were literally in a hotel room in Eau Claire a couple weeks ago, or nights ago, and we just started telling ghost stories, and she's like, you got to go on that podcast. Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. oh, great. Uh, but uh, we were, uh, what the fuck was I going to say about her? We were somewhere. Oh, we were, what well, we, a, th- a fun, and this is because I'm a narcissist, but I think a fun thing to do is go through my tweets. I have an idea for a show I want to pitch, like a internet show, but where you just, like, you think of a word, like, we think of a word like ghost, and then what you do is, on, what's your Twitter handle? I think it's like lamb like the animal. Sure. So you search lamb like the animal, animal, and then the word ghost. And then what it'll do is it'll bring up every single tweet you've ever tweeted with the word ghost in it. And then I do the same thing. And then we just back and forth read these jokes because some of them are really funny jokes. Sometimes it's a weird comment or a statement. And then sometimes, because of the way Twitter is, it's something from 10 years ago that is super fucking offensive. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit, I got to delete that one. Uh, and then on the show, you wouldn't read those ones. But um, yeah, Luckily, and, my Twitter yeah. is only like, I think t- I think I've made this Twitter app, like when I started. I okay, so yeah, there I you go. Facebook okay, would be so you're safe then, buddy. Twenty eleven Twitter. Somebody's gonna find my Facebook yeah. shit and be like, "We'd well, all be canceled." Yeah, no, uh, I, not even necessarily offensive. Yeah, but, like there's like some Just of my poor, sad boy, yeah. po- like my sad boy shit from yeah, high school. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like when it'll pop up and like, yeah. the, oh, this happened like ten years ago, and I'm like, oh no. What I hate about Facebook is because I I've been on fa- I hate a lot of things about Facebook, but I've been on Facebook since the beginning. Same. And and when every once in a while the Facebook memories will bring up a memory from like it'll be like. 2005 or 2000 early 2006 and it'll be like some girl being like oh my god I can't believe that you thought that was so funny last night anyways I'll see you tonight and it was just some girl I like fingered in the (laughs) couple months between when my ex and I broke up and when I met my wife and I'm like I don't need to see her her with her new name and like her new last name and her photo their photos are always a picture of their kids Uh. and I'm like wait a minute who is who's Faye oh fuck and then I'm like I don't need to see this Facebook, why are you sharing this shit with me, you know? It's somebody I haven't interacted with in, since that day, you know? You don't need to post that in it's my face. It's definitely brought up some posts, and I'm like, oh, I'm glad you showed that. So I yeah, can do yeah. Like, oh, for sure. That's helpful, too, yeah. One of my yeah. favorite, like, one of the, like, and I don't even think it was necessarily that bad, but, like, yeah. so, uh, you know, buddies, like, used to go out, and, like, we would shoot, like, we'd shoot trap or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd shoot guns and stuff, so my buddy had this, like, I think it was, like, some, like, Mossberg like thing had like a bayonet or yeah, whatever yeah. On the fucking thing. So I took my like I know how to make like a balaclava oh, a yeah. t-shirt. So I put a fuck I made my t-shirt yeah. into a balaclava. I'm shirtless with like shades on, holding this fucking. You look like with fucking ISIS. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's I like that's not something we need out there. Yeah. So there's a picture, and I mean I'm tan as yeah, 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 I was yeah. tan as fuck. So, so you, I was a lifeguard. Yeah. So you really look like you're doing some business. <laughs> it was not great. There's yeah I I think of that stuff too because I have like I have which luckily my Facebook is like a lot of old music right songs and stuff I loved and stuff like that uh but then like the right around the time i got into comedy but even a little before i was super opinionated about my comedy and i started really watching stand-up like crazy so there was like this like facebook post i wrote about why i hated pat Oswalt's stand-up and it was like also because it was a different i wanted to be jesselnick when i started and stuff so it was so fucking mean and Ugh. shitty and it's the wrong like i don't stand by that not even 
I mean, obviously, I don't stand by being an asshole on the internet, but I also don't stand by those views on that stand-up. And at the time, I don't think I believed that. I think I was just trying to be edgy. Yep. And and I that popped up like years later, and I'm so glad because I love Pat Oswald. He's not only is I think he's a great comic, he's also super wonderful and helpful. He takes so many friends of mine on the road and gives people the opportunity to like open in major rooms and stuff. And so like it would suck shit if like he if I he ever not that he would, but if he ever read that and thought that that me if I felt that way, ugh. And there's a lot of that like our that old podcast I had, we would just talk shit, and I'm like. I don't know what I'm talking about. You're, I'm, a, I'm six months into stand-up talking about, you know, things. It's weird. But then that's also what having a podcast is kind of. Like, our current show, The Nostalgic Front, I say shit on there all the time that I'm like, Ugh, that's fucking dumb. Why do you, you don't really believe that? Just in the moment you thought it was funny, you know? Yeah, that's why I, like, I, like, I'm really glad that I do the fucking... Because uh, I have another one called Monster Jamboree mm-hmm. where we just talk shit about like horror movies. Oh, that's fine. There's part of me that's like, I don't make movies. Yeah. So, like, there's that part of me that's like, what the yeah, fuck do yeah. I know? Yeah, about? Okay, like, yeah. And I mean, then, and that's the thing. That's what we say on our show is like, we're not experts, you know? Yeah. So, like, if we do our fun size, like, we did a fun size about Magic the Gathering, oh, and like, yeah. Reem loves Magic, and I didn't. And so I make a lot of shitty jokes at the beginning, but then we play it, even though it's an audio format, we yeah. played a game, and I loved it. I had a lot of fun. It's so fun. But, like, somebody, like, put it on Reddit or whatever, and somebody was like, you're a fucking asshole. And I'm like, well, yeah, but, I mean, that's what the premise is, you know? Like, I didn't mean to shit on your culture, and also, I'm obsessed with Spyro. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, like, fuck. Like, and also, it's like, comedians have this, like, weird, like, uh, like microscope on us right now. Yeah. Where it's like, people are taking half the shit we say seriously. Yeah. It's like... I like half yeah. of this awful shit that I say. Yeah. Like I say just because I know that it's either gonna yeah. make somebody mad, yeah, or it's gonna make one of my other awful friends laugh. Yeah, like, it'll be funny. It, like, uh, and I'm I'm also like I don't know where you are in this kind of stuff, but I'm also very uh, I'm very uh, cool with that. I'm very cool with the fact that like we're holding, especially the bad edge lordy comics. Oh yeah, uh, uh, up to a light because I think there's a lot, especially in New York City. I'm in a lot of open mics where there's a lot of fucking real scourge shit happening and so it's fun to see to see that happening but one thing that just happened is like and this is i'm not the first person to make this comment but like the president is a fucking maniac True. and on record like when he called for the death of the the this uh uh central park five and shit and like w- lowering uh raise uh rents on uh or raising rents on like black and immigrants because in the 1970s because he didn't want those people in his buildings like that's all documented and we don't hold him a- a- accountable but I just saw today that Sarah Silverman got fired. She did blackface on the Sarah Silverman program in an episode of a TV show where the whole joke of it was, what if a dumb person believed this, you know? And like, and we keep a, a governor who literally did blackface for yep. real. We keep him in office. You know, it's like, it's so funny how like we're the ones, like if you feel like you can't go after certain people, you go after the people who you can go after, you know? Yeah. And, like, I probably, I don't know what they are, but I bet I got a tweet out there that could probably hurt me if I ever wrote for SNL or something. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so, like, we got to learn to, like, keep this up. Like, the the perfect example is that the, the fellow that did Guardians, he got fired because of a fucking weird right-wing thing, and then he came back, fi- got to come back and direct it I again. I he got fired because he had that weird tweet about, like, raping babies. He did. But it was a tweet about that. It was obviously a joke, and it was from 2010. Yeah. When... If you weren't on there back then, in 2010, every other tweet was about raping babies. Oh, yeah. Because it was 
it was like the heyday of like Jeselnik was before he was coming up. Daniel Tosh was doing that stuff. South Park and like Family Guy, everything was dark like that. Even The Simpsons. If you go watch The Simpsons, a lot of people shit on The Simpsons later years and stuff. But if you go watch The Simpsons from like uh like oh seven to like oh nine, it's fucking edgy and dark. They'll do jokes about Bart jacking off in his room and stuff. Oh, Jesus. And so like um, but it's still like good because they've always had a good writing staff. But like that was a different taste of comedy. And I, I can both say yes, we should all be able to. We should hold people accountable. Like, if today, if you made that ba- rape and a baby joke, yeah. that's fucked up and you need to be held ac- accountable. But you should be able to look at the lens of stuff through things like that and be like, okay, that was 10 years ago. Or in comedy, it's an interesting thing where, like, um, and honestly, Sarah Silverman, she had already denounced that piece. And I think instead of denouncing it, you should be like, explain it a little more. I think comics should be able to apologize for things when yeah. they've. Uh, dis- but, like, the weird thing is, is like Trevor Noah, when he got on The Daily Show, he was getting a lot of flack for some old tweets. But at the time, Trevor Noah had a big rise because he was in South Africa, where it was a smaller scene. So Trevor Noah had been doing comedy for like a year when he was tweeting these horrible jokes in 2009. So it's weird to like hold a person that new into the, you know, it'd be like if, if an, if like fucking we found out like Tom Clancy wrote a terrible book when he was six months into being an yeah, author. And then we're like, oh, and then we're like well, fuck him because of how bad this book is. You know, it's like yep. an artist should have the right to grow as an artist, you know? Um, and I should also have the right to be like, oh, fuck, those are terrible. Like, if any video of me when I was in Des Moines it got out, it, I would be mortified, you know? Um, I, need to, speaking of which, I need to delete some of my shit off sure. YouTube. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, I mean, I put yeah. it on there because like, I had friends that were like, oh, I want to see. Cause I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I got friends across totally, the totally. Looking back on it, I'm like, man, I was... I mean, there like there is part of me that like wa- like wants to keep it because I'm like, there is a part of me that like isn't going to like appreciate what it... But there is a part yeah. of me that's like... This is like this is when I thought that I was doing good, yeah. and then like it also like it's like a, it's like a. I ran I ran a yeah. show in New York for a while that was called uh, Old Bits New Bits, oh, yeah. and uh, have you ever done Floodwater? You know the festival over in Iowa City. Yeah, I've never done uh, it, but I've heard of it. They though. last year they did the show there, which is really funny because we stopped doing it in New York a long time ago. But and not because it was a bad show, just we it was a weird time. But uh, and the whole premise of the show was is that like I would get five comedians and then I would have them come out and do their hottest like their Conan set. What they and it was good comedians. It was always people who were established, who were working the road, who were funny, good comedians. Right. And then they would sit down on the panel with me and my friend Emily, and then as a with them. And with the audience, we would watch a video of their stand-up from their first couple weeks. And it was so funny. There's this comic, Andrew Collin, who I don't know if you know Andrew. He's right now, he's opening for Nikki Glaser all across the country. And Nikki has a radio show on Sirius, and he's the co-host now. It used to be Tom Takar. Now it's Andrew. Andrew's great. We we moved to New York around the same time. He's a very funny stand-up. When he started, not like in 2010 maybe, he was his whole thing was he was in character named like Andrew Showers and he wore a kind of like a an explorer's costume with like the round hat and the jacket oh, the yeah. denim or the brown jackets and then he had a a fucking gorilla costume with a guitar and then he would just tell really bad bad one-liners not like offensive but just bad <laughs> and then his friend would dance around playing the guitar and then he'd be like, stop it. And then he'd tell another bad one-liner. And he has a video of him. And it's like that thing of like, that was less than 10 years ago. And he's more, he obviously, he knows that's not good comedy. Yeah. But it's like, 
that's how our fucking brains are. We're like, well, this is good. And then you gr- in stand up, especially you constantly are getting better and you're like, oh, that's mortifying. You know, like I have bits. I have bits that I was doing two years ago that I'm like, oof, I would never want to do that now. Even ones you know? that like work. Yeah. That oh, like, totally. It's like, no, like nothing. That, and that's like, the hardest is to yeah. drop a joke that gets a laugh. It when you I feel like once you start doing that, that's when you start like really learning how what comedy is, you know? Yep. Yeah. Because like there was like there's stuff that like. I, like if I'm running out of like like if I'm supposed to do like twenty or something yeah and, I, yeah. and I'm like really I'm like oh fuck I forgot something yeah. so I might reach back to some old material and like spice it up a bit yeah. but like there's some of the stuff that I tell now and I'm just like God that wasn't even like yeah like, and it, it would get laughs and I'm like so that's what's really it's funny because like I look back and I'm like God I was so like yeah and it's not even necessarily like the material is still like you know because because they are one liners I'm like I could probably still workshop that yeah yeah but then like the like the way that I'm delivering and just how I am on stage I'm just like God ah uh, yeah yeah damn. and like well that's also uh, a fun thing if and if you're only a couple years in like I'm not that I'm not I'm also yeah. not that far in but um a fun thing is is the as you get better and as you learn like. Right now, I just I've been doing this hour for the last. I did a four days in a row, and it's a good hour. I'm proud of it. I'm trying to record it as an album, but I'm trying all this other stuff. And what's funny is a joke I wrote when I lived in Des Moines, so like in 2012, that I didn't really ever do. Uh, I'm now telling that story on stage, and it's crushing because all the legwork I did back when I lived here, I made, the, I found the beats of the joke and whatever. And now all I have to do is tell it and add tags based on how I do comedy now. And it's it's like finding free money. It's like you did all the work in your past life, you know? Um, and so that's really funny because that, like, there was a time where I'm like, well, that's just an old joke. I would never do it. Mike Kaplan said a thing once I loved where he was just like, in, you know, if you know him, he's like very oh, like, yeah, all Mike over, Kaplan. right? And I, this was in an interview. It's not like he whispered it in my ear. But he, he said a thing once in a podcast where he was like, um, in conversation, they said a thing. And Mike goes, uh, oh yeah, I used to have this joke. Uh, I mean, I guess I still have it. It's my joke. I have this, you know, <laughs> it's still mine, but it's like it's old. I don't really do it anymore. But I could do it. I could still do it. It's pretty funny. I'm gonna tell it to you, so it must be kind of funny. And then he just goes, "I have this joke." And then he told the joke, and it was that I feel that all the time, you know. And and like yes, do get rid of some of your old jokes. Yeah. But like the idea of the thing I was talking about, where I want to do the thing where we search our twitters and read right. our tweets. We put this shit out there. You wrote this joke. It would be really fun to get get a laugh from it two years later on, in some other form, you know? And oh, so yeah. I think that's really funny, you know? One of, uh, we did something, kind of like, speaking of, like, bringing yeah, up yeah. old jokes. So, uh, one of the, like, we'll sometimes do, like, thematic shows at the yeah, Lefty's yeah, yeah. mic. And, like, one of them was, like, you know, and, and there's no, no rules. But yeah. it was, like, come with an old joke workshop. Sure. And I was, like, what is one joke that I, like, kind of liked that never worked? Yeah. But I want to make it work now. And I took this, like, one, like, kind of punny joke mm-hmm. that would get, like, kind of, like, an okay laugh. Yeah. And I, now, like, I'm so much better with word economy. Sure. Like, I've kind of, like, decided, like, you know... I could try to be a story comedian. I yeah. could try to be. Like, I'm like one liners just really. Are yeah, my and thing. follow the thing that's yeah. easiest for you because it's going to be hard to transition. Yeah. So, Look at Jesselnick. No offense to Anthony Jesselnick. I think yeah. he's a fantastic comedian. But when he did that special two specials ago, where it's him, and then at the end he tells that long story. The story is fucking weird because he didn't spend 15 years becoming a storyteller comedian. Yes. You know. See, uh, so I had this one joke that was like long, not like long and drawn out, but it was like it had too many words. Yeah. So I cut it down into like little bite-sized pieces into like maybe three or four sentences uh-huh. down from 10 like yeah stuff that like 
not that to say like oh my you know yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I you gotcha. know, an intro you know comic like ten sentences yeah. still seems okay compared then I'm like oh here's four and then the joke didn't crush but like it got like a about as good of a laugh as I really come to expect from a joke yeah. that's like I can't you know you can't crush every fucking no, yeah, one-liner exactly. but like when you have a joke that at least gets you through yeah. like and it got me on like a gets you through kind of laugh yeah. I'm like oh like now I have this dumb joke that I could tell at like a fucking bar it's some mm-hmm. it's some like like I'm very like crass but like yeah yeah I, like my whole kind of shtick is that like. I kind of look like somebody who, like who's just like you know your button up shirt sure, like sure. kid and then I go out there and I'm just like I'm gay and I suck yeah, dick yeah, and like come yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, the people yeah. are like whoa so like that's kind of my thing and yeah, I just yeah, joke yeah. about how you know it's like I don't even remember how it goes, but it's something along the lines of like you know I was fishing caught a fish and it was like if you let me go I'll suck your dick <laughs> and I was like I don't know I'm just gonna go ahead and let you go because you know I was kind of looking for a largemouth bass and everybody <laughs> knows a deep throat bass tastes like shit <laughs> like just ba ba da boom yeah like, yeah and I went through this whole other thing to yeah. get to the deep throat bass thing and then i'm like i just need to cut out half of this that i love writing with other comics and like talking and there's joke machine i don't know if you've ever done this thing joke machine i think murray and bamford and jackie cation came up with it originally but it's where like three people three comics it's best with i think you get together and you all just start talking like you and you don't bring your real jokes you bring your ideas you have and then you're two you get other comics you trust that you work well with and then they just tag the shit out of it. And it's your joke. They can't then steal it or write their own bit on the topic. But it's such a fun process. And um, I was kind of doing that against my will once with this comic who I didn't really like. And he was he, he came to Des Moines a long time ago. He was kind of, he'd had heat. He'd been on TV a bunch of times, but nobody fucking cared. He wasn't, and whatever. This guy sucks shit. But anyways, he we, we were driving. Back in the day, you could do two mics on Thursdays. And I told him I could drive him from Billy Joe's down to like 4th Street or whatever. And so I'm driving him and he's like, do you want to like talk jokes? And I was like, sure, sure. And he's like, tell me a joke you love. And I had this joke that I really liked. And I'll tell you the joke now, okay? So this was a joke I was doing back then. I don't do this joke now. But, but basically my joke was, and the way I told it was, um, uh, I have a fake leg. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, you know, uh, you know, it's weird every time, you know, people are always like, oh, no, you know, but it's fine. It happened the same way that it always happens. A lot of times, you know, in the community, I learned these things. Um, uh, I was with some friends and we were riding our bikes and we were near a railroad track and I was going down the hill and I jumped the railroad track and I crash. And then I just found this fake leg laying in the grass. And I was like, holy fuck, guys, you got to get over here and look at this leg, you know? Um, because, like, if a rabbit's foot's lucky, what do you think a Vietnam vet's uh, left haunch is, you know? Um, and so that was the whole joke, right? right? And it was getting what I wanted out of it back then. Uh, and and I wasn't at all what I'm like now. That was, you know, I, now I could really do some business with a joke like right. that. But back then, I it was getting it's what I wanted. Joke. Yeah. And But then the guy, who is a guy more like, and not that I'm saying what you guys are saying are wrong, but he's more of a joke, joke guy you know yeah. and he's like where to cut and so he's like tell me the story and i told him he's like no okay now cut this cut tell, da, da, da. and so then what he did was is he whittled my joke down to uh i have a fake leg i found it and it got a laugh but i'm like yeah but buddy that's not what i was doing you know yeah. that's like you made it a uh like a a comic strip joke you know i was like my whole thing was the misdirect and the building and the energy you know yeah um, and that's a, it's a totally yeah. different joke yeah but he was like he's like that's the way to do that joke and i was like yeah but buddy that's the way you would do this joke you know yep. and that's what i love about this joke machine thing is is like i uh, like you could tell a joke and i could if i knew your act i don't really know all your stand-up or anything but i could be like oh fuck you don't need all that whole part you're just you're you're when you come up with the premise you're nervous so you're finding a way to get into it but now you don't need that whole other part, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that I say a lot is like I uh, – a lot of my jokes have like theses, you know? So it's like uh, instead of being like uh, – and I do – like if you listen to my – when my hour comes out, my album or whatever, uh, it's going to be like – you'll hear me say, so I am married. I love my wife. She's great. I say that a lot because 
it's it's better than ha- saying I'm married. I love my wife. She's great. That's like what three lines as opposed to the way I used to do it where I had to have a thing and I had to explain why I love her and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but now when I'm doing a bunch of jokes about my wife, the first one's kind of a little longer, but then after that it's... Um, and I'm better at... The other thing is I'm a lot better. Like hanging out with Ryan Solomon, we went to LA together or we went to San Francisco together and it's so fun to see somebody who I've known for a long time and who I know their jokes a little bit and then I could be like, oh, you don't need that line. And trusting, you know, yeah. I don't want to hear that from somebody I don't know. But like when you trust somebody, you're like, oh, you don't even need that part. The joke is so funny without it. Joan and I have been doing this whole time. I'm like, you say this thing that is, it's funny with it. But if you drop that, I think it's just as funny. Uh, and you're only relying on that because when you first started telling the joke, you needed that laugh, you know. Um, and I think that's interesting. Oh, yeah. No, like yeah. there's, there was one. And then like, a ghost came out. I don't know. I want to tie <laughs> no, the listeners no, no, back no, in. We talk a lot of shop on here. It's a, this podcast is. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. But no, like, Can I ask you? I don't want to interrupt. Oh, but what time is that mic you wanted to do tonight? Uh, that mic, I think, is at. It's seven now. Oh, I think the mic is at seven. Okay. I, well, I just, um, I mean, we, I, I'll talk. I'm, I'm done. Like, I, I was like only like, I'm like. Sure. Yeah. Halfway planning. That's fine. I'll talk. I just don't want to rest, uh, interrupt your evening. No, no, no. Like, that's, it's a Monday mic. Like, there's. Cool. Like, not that I'm like, oh, I don't need as many mics yeah, as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's like, I'm like, there's so many now where it's like, if I miss one, I'm like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh. But yeah, I no, could spend uh, an hour explaining why that's stinking thinking, but that's yeah. fine. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. like, I, I, I try to go as often as I yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, like, Comedy's, uh, comedy's tough. Uh, like, uh, but yeah, no, like. I have this one joke where or not, it's not even a joke. It's literally just a true sentence yeah, that yeah, I yeah. say that like it's, it starts with this whole ridiculous story. And then like I would tell the story and like I would lose people by the end of it because it's like such a just ridiculous kind of gross story. Yeah. But then I whittled it down to like, I don't want to say it on my thing because it's yeah, yeah, possibly burn incriminating. It. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, that's fine. I thought you didn't want to burn it for Conan. No, 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 but but you just don't want the cops to hear it. Yeah. Li- that's literally <laughs> what it is. It's, it's, that's funny. I'll tell you afterwards. Though, sure, like, sure, sure. It's like it, it goes from this whole gross kind of like seedy like sex tale yeah. to like this one sentence where one. people are just like, whoa. Whoa. Like now I, you have my full, because it's yeah. like sometimes it's my opener and I'll yeah. be like, I'm at Lamb and then I'll just say this thing and people will be like, now I'm listening to that's you. That's a good thing and I don't know this joke, so, but I, so I don't know if it's a good reading, but there is something important about comedy. If I've learned anything in these years uh, is have a, if your first joke tells a lot about you, it's really, like my opener all the time, not all the time, like not in New York at a bar show, but like most of the time my opener is, uh, I'm from Iowa. My name is Patrick. I'm from Iowa, which most people guess the second they see my dumb face, you know? That's my look as Iowan. No one's ever been like, hey Patrick, you're from the Bronx, right? And what that does is that tells you I'm from Iowa. I like that I'm from Iowa. Uh, also, I, I have a line where I'm like, uh, you grew up on a farm with your mom and pa tilling the soil. So I get that out of there. And you kind of understand my whole humor out of that. Yep. The kind of the silliness That's of like, it. Uh, so one of my favorite yeah. openers is I say, uh, I'm at Lamb. Uh, one thing about me, I really like automatic soap dispensers because when it goes off, it kind of feels like somebody jizzed in your hand. <laughs> That's fun. And then like people are like, all right, he's going to tell a bunch of like, gu-. and like, yeah. and I try to s- tell like, not like I tell gross out humor, but not just like the funny part isn't how, but like, yeah, it's cause I, I was fascinated with Blink-182 growing sure, up. Sure. So like, in, like, you know, when I listened to their live album and their mm-hmm. whole live album is, you know, like shit. Yeah. Piss, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is, this is my wheelhouse. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. kind of just adapted that into my, like my own personal. Right? Yeah. It's a lot. And that's, and because like they were very like chatty and like kind of had they, you know had what like a minute between each yeah, song yeah, yeah. they're the preparing riffs. Yeah. yeah so they're riffing off each other keeping it short so I'm like that's kind of how 
I do my thing is like everything yeah. is just I, I work in like thematic blocks. You're just always like, ready for Travis and the boys to come in with a hot oh my, song, you know? Yeah, like seriously, and that, and then that's why I taught myself because I originally I actually do have a couple of songs that I yeah, play. Yeah, also, like oh, I play cool. comedy songs. That's good. Which like do you know do you know Luke Ritter at all? No, I don't. So he used to do stand up with us here, and then he moved to New York, and then he got out of stand up, but now he does singer songwriter stuff, and he's fucking brilliant. Uh, and he used to have some funny comedy songs that he would do that like. I th- I sing in my head all the time, and w- I produced two albums for him. Um, and I, by produce, I mean I helped put him on the internet. I didn't right, do right, any right. of the work, but um, I all the time I want him to just record these comedy songs because it's I love it. I do a thing now on YouTube where I write one minute country songs, Hell and it's yes. like my favorite thing to do. It's so uh, fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like I've only got the I've only got two that I only play yeah. because I mean I've I've technically written more. Yeah, but like one of them like would do like okay, and the other one like would go either well or like people would be like what yeah the fuck because it was this whole it was a song called a man boy love okay and it was a song about, it was like a country ballad sure about a boy who fell in love with his dad and would oh, like had gay sex yeah and that was the whole song is like it's this beautiful like country song about a man or like man and a, yeah and then, like the twist is that like uh, the mom and the dad get back together, and then the son fucks the mom that's as great. revenge against the dad. I have a I have a tweet that's uh, I think the hardest part about moving back in with your parents is when your mom hears you're jacking off your dad. <laughs> that's so good, right? Like that's a fun <laughs> one. I I like that. I a love lot. that, and not, I don't know. I think it's just because of the way the world is right now. But I think this like weird like incest jokes oh, are so funny. No, it is. I had a joke in right now. I had a joke that was uh. I went on Incestry.com and found out it's, my mom's my girlfriend. <laughs> that's very good. Right? Like, One of my favorites uh, yeah. is uh, I'll, another open is like, yeah. oh, yeah, my name's Matt Lamb and I believe stand-up comedy is like having sex. I do better if my parents watch. That's fun, yeah. <laughs> I was going to do a joke. Uh, I, I thought of doing this as crowd work and I've never done it, but I think it'd be funny. I'd have to write on a real one. But I was like, you guys know that game, Fuck, Mary Kill? Uh, audience member. And I'd be like, okay, uh, Fuck, Mary Kill, uh, you know, uh, Olivia Wilde, Scarlett Johansson, uh, you know, Brie Larson. And then I get the real answer. And I'm like, okay, how, here's another one. Fuck, Mary Kill, your mom, your dad, your brother. <laughs> and I think that'd be a fun one to make somebody answer in the moment. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that you can totally, like, yeah. uh, that's one thing I actually am not, like, because I am not necessarily regimented, but yeah. because I'm, like, as a one-liner kind of guy, like, yeah. I, it's hard for me to, like, break out. I mean, there are times where, like, well, I'll, get, I'll get, like, yeah. a good pop, and then I'm yeah. like, all right, like, because like, I'll think of something in the moment and it'll yeah. pop, and I'm like, how long can I riff that? Yeah. And then once it kind of dies out, I'll slide into the next thing. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm working on right now. Is yeah. Like, well, I with don't. with one liner stuff, and this is just observation. And yeah. I started doing one liners. I did them for like my first six months here. And you can ask anyone that was around, Toll or Dan. It was terrible. They were <laughs> horrific jokes. Whatever. Um. But what I've always noticed with friends who do it, because my friend uh, Reem has always been doing one liner jokes. And then there's people, anyone who's gotten successful off of one-liner jokes, a Jesselnik, or um, even if you want to go Hedberg yeah. and Stephen Wright, the character around it is what's really important because no matter how good the jokes are, uh, and a good example, I think, is Dan Mintz, who I think is brilliant. He's He does the voice of Tina on Bob's Burgers, okay, yeah. and he's legit brilliant, and I've seen his, his stand-up sets on the internet and stuff. I've always loved him. And then I listened to his album, and his, his, he does have a little bit of a character. He's a slow speaking. He talks like Tina, basically. Um, but at, in an hour, that's just a lot of punchlines, you know? I don't think I could ever but, do an hour. No, but if you can set it up where you have, like, um, like Cronenberg does, I think his CD or the album he was going to do was going to be 40 minutes because he's like, that's about all I get, or 35 minutes or something. But, like, if you can have a fun character around it, Zach Reinert, who's a comic that started in Omaha, who's now in Denver and is great, he's got a really great delivery around it where it's like, oh, that's so fucking dumb. And it's not, like, a hacky to comment on it, but it's, like, 
it takes um, these one-liners and kind of builds a universe around them that makes it more fun to watch because, I mean, I love Stephen Wright, but I saw him do an hour once live, and even Stephen Wright, I was like, okay, do a song. When he would, he would get into a song or yeah. something like that. Um, and I, I, that's the thing that I've always thought was important with uh, short joke comics and stuff. But then also with me, I mean, fuck, like, how you do a one-liner and it bombs you're on the next joke with me sometimes i'm like two minutes into a thing and i can't get out i've learned now in a, in a long set i've learned how to get around that but if i'm just doing 10 minutes on a bar show and i i don't have the, the time and the cred with the audience to just kind of get out of it so yep. you're just kind of like well hey guys I'm, i swear to god there's only like a, i'm 40 seconds of this joke left you know um can i tell you another one of these old jokes that i yeah, used absolutely. to do that this is a joke i used to do uh when i was here i think and it's you'll love it because it's misdirect and ghost. Okay. Perfect. Uh, oh, fuck. Maybe I just blew the end. But I, uh, uh, I married. I love my wife. She's great. I, all my jokes are like that. But um, uh, one time we went back to my home, uh, back to my hometown, and we decided uh, I was gonna take my uh, wife to go to my grandfather's grave. Now my grandfather he fought in Iraq. Or no, <laughs> that's not right. God, what is happening? My grandfather he fought in World War Two. Uh, he, uh, you know, he was at Omaha Beach. That's real. You know, um, he was a wonderful man. He was very important to me when I was a little kid. Um, he died in 1991, so obviously my wife never got to meet him, you know, um, and he was really important to me as a kid, and so what we did was, is um, I'm telling her all these stories about him, and now, this is breaking, I'm just talking to you now, Matt, this is like fucking 40 seconds into this joke, there's not one laugh yet, you know, right. it, there's no, because re- I didn't know how to write, so anyways, back in the joke, so we're driving out to the cemetery, you know, and I'm telling her all these stories about uh, funny times and stuff we had. And we get there, and, and at the cemetery, you pull up, and then there's a hill, and up on the top of the hill was all, where all the veterans are buried, and my grandfather's grave's up there. And we pull up, and we look up at the top of the hill, and as we start, there's a man up there, right? And right away, I'm like, oh my fucking God. And my wife's like, what? And I can't, and I'm like, stay here. And it's, I get close, and it's a man. I walk up to him, and it's a man, and he's dressed in the blue, World War II Army blues, or, you know, the outfit. And I walk up there, and he's just standing by my grandfather, and I and I know who it is immediately. And then I go back, and my wife says, "Who was that? Who was that man?" And I said, "That's my grandfather, his twin brother Jerry. He is a fucking <laughs> asshole. Let's get out of here." You know? Hell yes. And it's so dumb, but it was just that whole thing of like, it. The laugh is literally. The way that joke should have been one of those jokes that you cut yep. down to be like, I went to visit my grandfather's grave. I saw him standing there. It was his brother or whatever. Bang. Like, but dumb. like. I loved those long ass, take all the air out of the room, and then one big pop. And in Des Moines, sometimes I'd be a fill, I'd get that pop. But if I tried to do that joke like on stage now, everybody would be like, what the fuck is happening, you know? Uh, but it is ghosty and yeah. stuff like that, so. There's that, uh, like, that's that's where I'm at. Is because, like, I like I love being a one-liner comic, and that's my yeah. strong suit, but like, there's part of me that's like, I can't just be a one-trick pony. Like, yeah. I, like I'm two years in. Like, yeah. There's no reason that I shouldn't explore. Well, naturally, in five years, you might sound totally different. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, don't put too much pressure on it, but also, like, a thing I, I, I don't like, and a, a thing I, do, I really don't like seeing, and not not that I, eh, who, I don't know fucking nothing. I ran a mic for a long time, so I feel like I've seen a lot of trappings. Right. But, like, what I hate is when you see a comic start trying to force crowd work, yes. or they start trying to force telling stories, or they start trying to force anything. Let it happen as it happens. And it's one thing if you are like, I'm going to go to this mic, and I'm going to try to just tell this story. That's different. But, like, I hate it when I see a comic be like, oh, I'm supposed to do more act-outs, so here's my bit with the act-outs. Yep. And it's like, well, just learn about act-outs when you need to. Like, I didn't start doing crowd work until I got to do longer sets on the road where it was beneficial to learn how to do crowd work, you know? But, like, if you're just at an open mic, if you're, like, here at the house or at the lefties, and yep. you're like, uh, what's your job? And Alex is like, I make ice cream. You fucking know that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like... It's, I- 
there was only one form of like forced uh, crowd work that I ever liked. It was this guy Wade Taylor. Yeah, he had a really good bit. Like I don't really want to shout out to Wade. You you literally has a, he's the guy who actually uh, hosts this. Podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has he has my favorite one. Uh, not to blow up his joke, but yeah, he has one where he, like, I guess I'll just fucking say yeah, it, tell him. Tell him. So uh, what give he, him credit. Yeah, yeah. So. Wait, but is this going to get Wade arrested? Like the other no, one? No, so okay, good. He'll ask somebody like, uh, you know, like, oh, what's your name? Yeah. And the guy will be like, oh, whatever. It's like, oh, is that your real name? He's like, you know, it's like your first name. He's like, yeah. It's like, oh, you want to know my real name? It's actually Norman. <laughs> you know what? And then like he goes into this whole thing because like he goes, he's Wade. Yeah. But, like his real name, his first name is Norman. Okay. So like, and then that goes into this whole other bit. Sure, and, and sure. That and that's the, you know, that's the only crowd work that, that's. It's like for- a no hands ball. It's like a no. There's no way to fuck that up from that audience yeah, member, it's, right? Because it, it's like not, yeah. like it's not really crowd work, but like it is. Yeah, and that's it's brilliant. When I when I first I the first time when I was doing the thing I hate where you force crowd work. When I first started here in Des Moines, I used to have a, a, ch- a like a little thing I would do where I would do a couple jokes and I was doing like one liners basically, and so I would have a thing where I'd look down at a member and you're gonna be my, so answer honestly, okay? So I'd be like, uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um. Uh. Do you know the difference? Uh, between a coffin and a casket. Nope. Yeah, no, me neither. And then I would just move on to the next <laughs> That's joke, great. right? And then a couple jokes later, I'd come back and I'd be like, all right, Matt, I'm going to ask you another question if you don't mind, okay? Do you know the difference between a funeral home and a funeral parlor? Nope. Ice cream. And then I would just move on with the jokes again, right? Um, and then the last beat, I would come back to him and I'd be like, okay, one more time. I got one more quick question. Do you know the difference between a funeral home and a whorehouse? Yes. Most time they'd say no, and then I'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You're fucking dead people, dude!" And I'd be like, "You're with this guy," and I'd lose it. That's good because nine, like literally, almost every time I did it, they'd say no. And if they said yes, I'd be like, "All right, you're a good boy. Good job. <laughs> right. You don't fuck like, dead fuck bodies. This. You don't fuck dead bodies, right?" And and it was funny because all of that was just to learn how to take that step of like, I'm here, and now I'm going to try to be here a little bit. And so while I hate that. If I hadn't done that in Des Moines in 2011, I probably wouldn't be able to, like, the other night where I talked to a person for fucking 10 minutes in the middle of a set, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah there's, yeah. there's no real way to learn crowd work in yeah. Iowa other than, like, there's, like, uh, there's the Clash of the Comics. Which, yeah, like, yeah, the, the funny bone, to, yeah. yeah. which, like, until you get to the funny bone, but then, like... You I think that's you, great, except for, I've heard, and maybe I'm maybe I misheard, but I heard that they make the comics buy drinks, too. Yeah. And that is uh, not right. They didn't originally, but then, like, I yeah. showed up one day to like do it and they're like all right well uh but you gotta have the drink and i'm like oh no, i'm good and they're like well you have to have two things I'm like, is oh, it no, a I'm is it a it. is it a bringer and you have they make the comics by drink yeah. see that and i'm not bad mouthing them i think the funny bone is wonderful for what it is um i think it's great they put up a lot of people i really like and i'd love to work there but to me that feels a little predatory um i think a bringer is fine um i think doing a thing where you have to pay some drinks to is fine I th- it, going in if you know that going in it's one thing if yeah. you're there and you're hosed but I think it's weird to for I, I I would if I lived here at that point and I found that out I would just not do it even though I think it's a great opportunity in theory to play that um, but if I also had if my wife had made the money she makes now and I lived here and I had a good job I'd probably do it yeah, just to, if you can throw the money away that's kind of where I'm it at just is, seems very predatory still yeah. um, well, like I said they didn't at first like, it was yeah. a recent change because like I said I'd, I'd done it twice before yeah. and then this last time which I fucked yeah. up sure. so bad did it you was, curse yeah, instantly. That'll happen. It, I don't know what, like, just the whole time. I'm like, I wrote a clean yeah. set, and then instantly I'm like, what the fuck is up, West Des Moines? And uh, I'm like, why did I do my that? My first set I ever did at the Funny Bone, uh, I it was a, it was a, they they did an open mic a couple times, where oh, no it was shit. Bringer, 
but you didn't have to buy anything, right? right. And you had to bring five people to get up or whatever. And uh, which in, it, at the time, everybody in Des Moines was like, what the fuck is this? But in New York, bringers is like a whole thing, yeah. especially the generation ahead of me. Like a lot of the people like that started like in the mid to the mid 2000s right. in New York, bringers were a huge part of their life. I luckily have dodged it where I didn't ever have to really do it. Um, but anyway, so I brought my people and I went up and the first comic had brought a bunch of audience members. Like, you know, a lot of people came out just for her. And so when she was done, she left. And then I was like second or whatever. But it, anyways, when I went up, all of those people had left right as I was walking up on stage. And I opened with, where the fuck did all these people go? And it crushed harder than anything else that has happened the whole night. Right. And then I was like, oh, well, there goes whatever juice I thought I was going to get out of this mic. So then I just did a stand-up set. And all yep. my jokes were terrible. But uh, it was pretty funny. My friend uh, Luke, who I mentioned, who did the songs, and now he's a really great singer-songwriter. Yeah. He... Uh, Oh, God. And I don't know if this was on purpose because I don't know the dude at all, really. But so Willie Farrell, who I don't know if you're familiar with, yeah, one of the greatest. I fucking love him. He's, he's so fucking funny. He's always been so kind to me and to the scene and everything. And he's great. And if you, listeners don't know, look up Willie, not Will Farrell, Willie Farrell. Sometimes he's Willie Fredo Farrell. He's a legend. He started he started funny. at the comedy store with like Sinbad and Letterman back in the day and stuff. And he's got the best stories. Um, but he lives here in Des Moines. Um Anyway, so he used to give out some guest spots when he'd headline. And so one year, I got a guest spot, my friend John got a guest spot, and my friend Luke got a guest spot. And so Luke is getting ready to do his guest spot. And and it's a Friday night. It's a funny bone. We fucking never get to perform there, you know? And we're in the back watching our friend getting ready to go up. And the host is on stage, and it's the, the round guy. I don't know if he's still around or not, but he was a, he, this, he always hosted at the Funny Bone. He was like a guy probably in his 50s, had some jokes, but like he was a, ho he was a comedy host. That's it. Right. Um, and but also somewhat beloved because people had been seeing him go up at the Funny Bone here for years. You know, he was he I think he was a radio host. So like it, he wasn't trying to do like what we're doing, trying to get on the road. He was just like happy with his hosting gig at yeah, the Funny yeah, Bone. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he did this on purpose to fuck with Luke or not. But so he goes up and he does his comedy. Right. And he does like his five or six minutes and it does well. The audience is like, all right, we get it. And then he goes, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I uh, I don't want to bring the room down, but uh, the Funny Bone lost a friend this week. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some of you heard, but Jay Medicine had passed away the other day. And the fucking, literally, people shrieked. Now, and if you don't know Jay Medicine Hat, yeah. he was a road comic that worked all the funny boats, but he like he was a he was a a, a hypnotisty magiciany shit, but also stand up, and he could he would crush. And he was an older uh, Native American man, and he would crush and to the point where like he would get booked in like the like if the funny bone booked dave cross once a year he would get booked three times a year because he would oh, sell shit. out so hard so he breaks and this was like the day after he died so he breaks the news to the room jay medicine had best away. people are like what the fuck people shriek they're like oh my god and then he's like so everybody if you could i mean of course jay loved to drink just you know let's toast it and they all toast it and they put the drink down and goes all right Anyway, we got a local kid coming up. It's oh gonna do a couple God. minutes, and then it walks up, and then Luke walks up, just like mortified. And Luke is, I mean, I love he's one of my favorite. I love him like a brother, but like he gets rattled by like anything. Oh so like by that, God. and he Luke walks up, and it's the funniest thing. He just walks up, and he's like, "I didn't kill him. Don't don't bring it, take it out on me." And it it was really funny how he got it, and he ended up having a great set. Oh, that's so good. That but I've never seen anybody. I'm like, I think he had to do it because he thought it was funny. There's no oh. way he could have, because he could have said that at the top. He could right. have said it at the end. <laughs> right before he got, he, that's, he oh. never would have done that if it was a feature getting paid, oh, you know? No, no you know way. what I mean? But that was one of the silliest things that's ever. That's so funny yeah. though, actually. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 
Oh, dude, that would like, especially if, that'd be like if somebody was like, "Oh, by the way, uh, Tommy Morgan Jr." Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, "What the well, fuck?" I, yeah, yeah. Uh, another time, the only, and then that same week when I did my guest spot with Willie. That's how funny it is. Comedy's crazy because like I've performed all over the country. I've done really cool, fun things, but like I still remember the two times I worked the Des Moines Funny Bone with so much. Like I remember every moment of it. Um, but when I did my guest spot for Willie, which was really fun, uh, he, uh, uh, I walk out on stage. And when I walk out, and I would have been hanging on the bar, and I didn't pay any attention to anything. And I walked up and got on stage, and all of a sudden, everybody in the audience is like, what? And I look at the audience, and it was a corporate for Come and Go. And I had worked for Come and Go for years. I didn't anymore, but I had worked for them for years. I was in the managerial training. So I knew all of these people. And I did, and they, none of them knew I did stand-up. And I was still like maybe two years in, but like I walked out and I get up on it. I was like, oh, you didn't think you were going to see me tonight. And I was like, and then they all laugh and I'm like, but I didn't know I was going to see you. And then I just kind of like, and I'm not a roasty person at all, right. but I literally was like, ah, and I was like, Bill, you ain't seen you in a while. I don't think anybody has because he like was guy had problems with his wife and shit. <laughs> and then, and I brought up this guy, Mike, and I was like, hey, Mike, I, I'm, I'm so surprised you could be here. Uh, there's not a long line in the bathroom if you need to get in there because it was known that he did, was like a coke dude. <laughs> and it crushed because none of them would ever talk about that stuff. Right. But then after I addressed that, in the like the other two-thirds of the audience didn't know who the fuck this was. And so then they didn't, they're not come and go. So then, so then I just go into my jokes, which are way weaker than whatever I would, my in the moment riffing. Right. Um, but it was still very fun. And that is a set that I've always really loved. Also, it was during like a massive snowstorm. And so like, oh, shit. no one, it was like power was out and everything. I had a joke that I wrote that day of, um, uh, we had we were living in Sherman Hill, and I was like, we haven't had electricity for like two days. It's cr it's kind of like the old west, you know. Uh, like uh, we were getting re getting ready in the morning. Like my wife is like, we're taking cold showers, you know. Uh, we're brushing our teeth by candlelight, you know. Native Americans keep kidnapping my wife, you know. <laughs> and and that was like a joke I wrote that day for that like that set. But um, yeah, I was I I like I like the funny bone. I just think it's a little weird to be like. It's one thing to do a bringer, or it's one thing to say two drink minimum, but it's another thing to do a bringer and a two drink minimum. That seems predatory when the comics are the reason you're there, you know? Um, but also, I think any opportunity any comic in Des Moines has to work at the Funny Bone, you should try to chase it because that's a step to maybe real money, and yep. that's what you don't have in Des Moines. And that's you know? why I was like, I was so fucking mad. Because yeah. like, that ended up being like, like, I'm not going to sit here and say like I'm a fucking crusher, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like I'm at a point where I'm like, I can go into pretty much... like anywhere and at least do it well enough have a good enough set yeah, like i can like i can i can be entertaining almost anywhere now. yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not gonna sit here and be like i'm an, i'm you know i'm always doing but, but, but like no one's ever gonna put me on a fucking showcase and just get silence totally like, totally get, totally yeah like, i'll get something but like that was one of the nights where i like i was like i did so well yeah had i not just immediately said cursed fuck. yeah like because uh, dante was one of the uh, yeah you know, dante's great yeah he yeah, was yeah. one of the judges that you know that night he's like man like i'm not gonna say you would have won but like with all the points you lost from saying yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you were up there. I'll tell you this, and I don't know if we need to wrap up or not, but uh, this that reminds me of this. Uh, there used to be, uh, you went to Iowa State, so you know yep. about Visha, right? Yes. So there used to be this thing called Visha Says I'm Funny, which was a stand-up contest oh, up shit. there. And um, I, I, I was a judge in 2012 and 2013, which is so funny because it's like I had been doing stand-up two years, and I'm judging it. Um, but I... Uh, the first year was whatever. It was fine. You know, no big deal. Second year, though, this girl went up. And if you don't know, it was a stand-up contest where every comedian got three minutes. 
at three minutes and ten seconds, the microphone would drop. Right. The 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 uh, sound system. So they had to be off stage, and it's all college campus kids. So there's like one or two comedians who really do comedy. Like Joey Ficken won it one year because oh, right, he right. was actually doing stand up. But like most time, it's just like the funniest person in their dorm or whatever, which is what the whole premise was, and it was really fun. Right. And I'm watching it, and this girl goes up and tells this three-minute story that I fucking loved. And I fought so hard. And there was all these different things you could you, we had a vote on, you know? And it was like, did, were they clean? Did they do this? Were they engaging? Did they, you know, mess up? Or was it original? And I gave her fucking five stars all the way across the board. She was so good. And the other guy was like, she's funny, but it just it wasn't. And I, I argued really hard to get her to win it all. And I... Uh, she ended up getting second place because of the numbers. And right. I I even went up to her afterwards. I was like, I can't believe you didn't win this. You're so you're so funny. You gotta come to the open mics in Des Moines. You gotta get to Iowa City. You gotta do the mics. Um and then I don't even know her name or whatever, you know? But so the next day I go to work and as we said, I don't think we said on the air, but I worked at Wells Fargo and we had these email chains that were going around. So I start typing, I tell that girl's story about how good it was uh in the chain, and friend Ryan Solomon goes uh, hold on, and then sends me a link, and it's a fucking urban legend that, and she just like said it verbatim. It's this thing oh, about no. her story was that she was doing an intern. She she spent a summer abroad in England doing an internship, and she nannied for this family, and the family went on vacation, but they let her stay in their house as long as she took care of their dog. But a couple days in, the dog got really sick and then died, and then she didn't know what to do. And she was freaking out, and she called the family who were like on vacation, and they're like, "Don't worry about it." Just and the joke had way more fun laughs and beats yeah, yeah. than this, but they're like, "Don't worry, just you, the only thing is you have to take the dog to this place, and then they'll cremate it." And so she doesn't do so. She puts the dog in a duffel bag, like a like a gym bag, puts the dog in there, and then she goes on the subway because she can't afford a car, so she goes on the subway to the place, and then she's walking up the steps of the subway, and the dog is heavy, the bag is heavy, and a guy goes. Do you want me to help you with that, miss? And she's like, oh, sure. And then the guy grabs the bag and runs off and steals the dead dog. So then she didn't know what to do because then she doesn't have the dog. She doesn't have anything. She can't tell the people. So then she goes to the place and buys a dead dog, like buys a cremated like street dog and then gets that in the urn and takes that back to the people. And then she's like, what does that guy think when he finally gets it and he opens the bag and it's a dead dog, you know? And, and, it, and it ended really strong and it was so good. And then fucking yeah, Solomon sends me a link and he's like, that's like an urban legend. And then like the beats are all there verbatim. Uh. And so she, instead of looking at it as a stand-up contest, looked at it more of like a monologue contest. But like, can you imagine if I would have fought so hard for her and she won the thousand dollars or whatever? She didn't write. Off of something. And yeah, and uh. I, I felt so betrayed and everything. But she did deliver it so if it was a monologue contest and acting she would have crushed. Probably the kind of but, person that like did like speech and debate and high Yeah, totally, shit. totally. And it but it was so funny how it was so funny looking back on it because I fought, like I was like, listen, if she doesn't win at all, I'm not going to ever judge us again, which I wasn't going to anyway. Right. But I was like, this is a travesty. But yeah, it was very funny. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if I'm a, I think I might be able to hit the mic by about eight. So if we hey, wanna, if you yeah. want to, I'll ride with you and go to it yeah, too if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah. Check that out. Um, cool. Do some. Uh, do you have any plugs? Uh, yeah, please. If you listeners, if you like uh, my bullshit. Uh, I have a podcast called The Nostalgic Front Podcast. We're on everything, iTunes, Amazon, thenostalgicfront.com. We're on Twitter and all that. Um, we two get two episodes a week, always very fun. Um, I also, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Patrick Hasty. That's at P-A-T-R-I-C-K-H-A-S-T-I-E. PatrickHasty.com for all the coming shows and dates. Um, I don't know when this will come out. I'll be in Detroit, I think, at the end of October. And then maybe like a week later, I'm in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything big coming up other than that. Otherwise, 
Uh, if you're in New York, if you listen, uh, I run a show uh, with my friend Gideon Hamburger at the first Saturday of every month at the Creek in the Cave called Jackknife Comedy. Uh, we've been going for five years, sold out for three. It's a wonderful show. Uh, we always have great comics. Uh, we've had Janine Groffalo on, Hari Kondabolu, uh, Mike Kaplan. Everybody's done it. So if you're in New York, come out to that. Uh, and then, yeah, that's it. Hell yeah. And then, as always, make sure you go on over to punandgame.com where Fuck you can yeah. find such podcasts as Who Gives a F, Not Worth the Time, Returning Classic Things About Stuff, and, of course, my personal favorite, Who Gives a F, which I think I already you said. Maybe, yeah. Hey, plug it twice. Exactly. The podcast's it's, it's so nice, you yeah, plug it twice. And then, of course, my other podcast, Monster Jamboree, dropping every Thursday. And, of course, the one you're listening to right now, The Grove, dropping every Tuesday, and that is on punandgame.com. You can also go to their Teespring. There's T-shirts. Nice. There are Grove t-shirts. There are Pun and Game t-shirts. I think there's going to be some Monster Jamboree t-shirts coming out. Ooh. So there's going to be a whole what bunch What size t-shirt of, do you wear? Uh, we got a large. You you wear large? I mean, I, I guess a medium large, either one. I, I'm one of those people that I can wear a small, medium, okay. and large, and they all look fine. I, I, when the show's over, if I have it with me, I'll give you a large t-shirt oh, hell for yeah. our podcast. I don't have free. any shirts to give you. But, That's uh, fine. I don't, I don't want one. Hell yeah, perfect. But I'm, I just I brought a large with me back, and I needed to find somebody, and for all my Iowa friends are fucking big guys, you know? <laughs> like big old, big old folk. Yeah, I'm... Skinny as yeah. shit. But yeah, no, thank you very much for being on, man. Thanks so much for having me. This was great, man. Hell yeah. All right. Bye, guys. See you.